road leads? Then hear this, all ye people. Give ear, all ye inhabitants of the world, both high and low, rich and poor together. Do you indeed speak righteousness? Do you judge uprightly, all ye sons and daughters of men? And do you judge as others judge? For as you judge, you shall be judged. And if you condemn, you are condemned. Pass on. But there is no return. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the show. Before we get to this week's episode, we just want to beg you one more time to please rate and subscribe to our show on whatever platform you listen to us on, iTunes, Google Play, whatever it is, it pretty much means everything to us and we really, really appreciate it. So thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, where do you eat after you're done having sex? I know for me, it's Denny's Family Restaurant. We're known for the Grand Slam, but now we want to be known for the home run because you just had sex and you need to replenish all those proteins and fluids that you just lost doing the wild thing. Come on down and wink at our server and she'll know. You just sealed the deal and now you're ready to eat your meal. Oh, Denny's, you've done it again. Oh, 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 Denny's. And on this episode of Profession Confession, he dug Adolf Hitler back up from the grave and killed him again. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, a member of our esteemed U.S. military forces, James. (laughs) Thanks for having me. No problem. Thank you for coming on. Um... Of course, as I said, the first question is, I joke about how many kills you have, but how many kills do you have? Um, I think the most on one specific mission. Mm-hmm. My, <laughs> my squad was responsible, uh, my element rather, I should say, okay. was responsible for probably 66 or 67 people. That's it, huh? Hmm. Just one. Kind of hoping for more. That was a that was a <laughs> that was a good day. That is that was a good day. Fucking wow. insanity! And thank you for being able to answer that dramatically. To just break it up into one thing, I love it. Um, I'm going to set the table a little bit for us. Uh, our guest is, um, what did we say? Can we say not special for us? Special, special operations. operations, right? And uh, we can't say exactly his branch and all that stuff, but uh, he worked under JSOC doing. Very specific missions behind enemy lines, going after high value targets. Well, the thing stuff. with the thing with behind enemy lines, it, it, it's almost if you think of well, they're not here. It's asymmetric <laughs> warfare. Right. Uh, okay. There are no specific battle lines. Right. You know, per se, um, you just kind of follow them where they go. Um, right. And so, it's yeah, cooler to say behind enemy it, lines. It, so. You know, it is cool. <laughs> uh, it is cool, I guess. No, yeah. 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 If um, you could just shut up about that stuff. Super, <laughs> super behind enemy lines. It was way yeah, right, right. fucking <laughs> deep, deep cover, you know. You, yeah. Um, and so you, and then, uh, so he's our guest, and uh, people always ask this, especially women folk that always want to know what people yeah. look like. I'm going to say he's got a Christian Bale kind of uh, vibe. Oh, cool. Christian Rock, Christian Bale. Christian. Who? Christian Rock, Christian Bale. If Christian Bale had a Christian Rock band. Christian, there you go. James would front it. I like go. that. It's and the then, tattoos, isn't it? Yeah. 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 But also the nice shirt. You know, you look very together. That's what, you know. Well, yeah. you know. 
It's it's all about how you look on the outside. On the inside, it's just I a can tell. Mass, <laughs> you know. I don't know. It looks like you have a pretty good body. The other voice is the very hilarious Brian Miller, uh, personality of radio, but uh, stand-up comic is what I like him best for. Brian, say hello. Hello. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Well, that's good. So, you were... How many years military service do you have? Um, I did almost 14 years. 14 um, years? I joined in uh, April of 2001, right okay. before 9-11. Um, and my last uh, day in the military was September 11th, 2014, which I thought was kind of yeah. ominous. I felt like uh, Tom Cruise from Born on the Fourth of July, you know that movie? <laughs> Love it or leave it, Tommy. <laughs> Rob so, Kovic, yeah. Yeah, you know that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I kind of had that same attitude when I got out, too, that chip on my shoulder. You know, oh, big, really? Right, yeah. A big thing I always talk to people about, uh, especially with some of the, the um, nonprofit work I'm engaged with now, mm-hmm. is I tell people, you know, I saw the world in black and white, uh, and I was released into a world of grays, and I had one tool in my toolbox to solve my problems and and that tool was violence and uh, jesus are you writing a script right now or are you fucking well, that is the best way to put that i've ever heard uh, unfortunately yeah mm-hmm. it, it uh it's a big problem our 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 returning veterans especially combat arms veterans yeah um kind of struggle with um when they when they come home um, yeah and it lands them Lands, can land people in trouble sometimes. How did you get in? Like, I mean, you know, what was your way in? Were you pretty gung-ho or what? You know, I was 17 years old, um, and uh, my mom said, we're moving, and uh, we don't want you to come with us. You need to figure out what you're going to do for the rest of your life. And nine days later, <laughs> I was in basic training. I was a recruiter's wet dream. I, I basically went in there and said, hey, I'm 17, and I have nowhere to go, yeah. and I have no money. And he said, well, I've got a fucking job for you. <laughs> So that's how, you, it, that's how it started. Did you notice, because you would have been there right around this time, that was there a different mindset of guys who were signing up before 9-11 and after 9-11? Um, you know, it, like I said, my original intention, um, my grandfather served in the, uh, in the United States Army in World War II. He was on Eisenhower's staff, and uh, he didn't see much action, he said. But, y- you know, I was just going to do my four years and get my college money. Um, I had a basic contract. Um, nothing too fancy. I, I had airborne school in my contract. Um, nothing uh, what I got into later. Um, and, uh, you know, I, my grand, the only reason I even had airborne in my, my enlistment contract was because literally my grandpa said uh, he used to remember when the airborne troops used to march by in World War II, uh, and he said they always looked like a sharp outfit. So at the age of 17, using World War II vernacular, I said <laughs> right. to my recruiter, I want to go airborne. I hear they're a sharp outfit. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, so how did, you know, how, did you have a knack for it right away? Because to ascend, I guess we should probably talk a little bit about what, what special ops is, just yeah. so that's clear for people, because, you know, I had people ask me, they're like, you know, how does he know who his boss is? How do you know? How do they make contact with you? And I realize, oh, he thinks this is like, um, like a team or something like that, yeah. where they just assemble oh, yeah. people and you don't know, and you meet in a fucking empty garage or, or something. Nineteen seventy-six, a crack commando. You know how did yeah, that go? Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> no, it's so, not like that. Okay, uh, it's not like we have characters uh, right. that can kind of act like. Uh, people from the A-team, yeah. you know, uh, which is funny. But there's a lot of personality, a lot of wide variety of backgrounds. Um, people, we got, uh, you know, some people that uh, they're blue bloods, you know, they they come from something, 
you know and then there's people that just you know like my father came over this country to escape communism mm -hmm. uh i was born in a 600 square foot house in north minneapolis and i come from shit uh didn't have nothing um and uh people from all sorts of backgrounds in between right uh, for me um i guess I, I was always competitive growing up. I mean, I grew up here in, in the great state of Minnesota. Absolutely love it. That's why I came back when I got out. Um, and I grew up playing hockey. I grew up boxing. I grew up, you know, doing competitive things like that. Um, and uh, when I actually went into basic training, I was a little underwhelmed. I thought this was going to be harder. <laughs> uh, oh, really? At first. Yeah, I did. I, I did. Um, and... Uh, then I went to Airborne School, and uh, I did some I did some stuff, and then um, I said, you know what, I I think I can do better, and I went to a few selections, um, and some few uh, some training, and et cetera, et cetera, and and wound up where I was at uh, um, as part of a Joint Strike Force, uh, working for JSOC, conducting direct action direct action raids to kill or capture high value targets all across multiple theaters so so uh what was you know, using the a-team and out were you the black guy with the chains or what what is your skill <laughs> yeah level? can't you tell by looking at me <laughs> absolutely I was, the, I was the black guy with chains oh <laughs> well, i thought maybe a wigger with chains but yeah um uh, <laughs> uh so yeah i uh i had a i had a skill set in demolitions specifically okay. uh I, I was a breacher um for most most uh of of our raids um, as we, every, I mean, but everybody's cross train and everything yeah. else is a good way to put it. Um, you know, you, the the way it's built is the person below you uh, is trying to take your job, and you're trying to take the job of the guy above you. It's very competitive, and that way, when you leave, the machine can just keep rolling. Uh, but at the same time, it's almost disheartening because you're a, it a feels cog. like you were right. never there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, I mean, that was part of the struggle for me when I got out. Um, like I said, I was I was kind of disillusioned. Well, I was just finding my niche again. Okay, you know? yeah, yeah, it's got to be like a pro athlete at the end of their career, kind of like I meant doing something pretty heavy every day or right. whatever, right. and then not having purpose like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What um, exactly right to get into special ops or whatever the best way we can say it. Um, what, you know, what do you do to qualify? Is it similar to like a SEALs Hell Week type thing, or what kind of training do you do for that? Because well, so to make it clear, there are, uh, the, hmm. yeah, <laughs> just go ahead. However best all, we can do all it. All these units yep. that you, th right. that you think of when you think of special yep. operations, they're all there. Right. Um, and we all work together. Right. Uh, to, okay. To basically do the same thing. Right. Is that a good way to yep. put it? Yeah. Um, and all the selections are very similar in nature. Um, okay. Um, you know, there's. There's, uh, you know, that uh, time so, where they, 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 they break you down. Okay. Uh, l let's take a, a good example. One you're probably familiar with. You've seen Buds. You've yes. heard of this. Uh, and there's always that photo of, like, six, seven guys with this big-ass fucking log, and they're holding yep. it over their head. Hell they're, man they're, is they're in the They're in the ocean, you know, sucking. Uh, they know you're going to drop the log. Uh, right. They know that's an inevitability. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, what they're looking for, um, without giving too much away, is they're looking for the guy who doesn't have a grimace on his face. Okay. Uh, he's not putting in the work. He's not a team player. Um, and you're only as good as the guy to your left and right. Uh, that's frankly. not just something people say? 
No, that really? is literally the okay. truth. Uh, and and you know, like, fuck that guy. When I first joined too, um, you know, there I was the kid who watched GI Joe growing up. You know, I I I, I wanted to. I I had always had this desire, I suppose, to serve serve in the military. So, like one thing I thought of, because I mean, going, you know, you get sort of like a movie career. It sounds like like you got dossiers like this. You know, Muhammad Al Bashar. Iraq to bar. We gotta get it. We gotta fucking kill him. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna kill it. It could have been a white guy. Game. It could have been a white guy. Right. It could have been yeah. Cody Ron Jensen. Nelson has defected, <laughs> and Ron Nelson needs to be taken down. And you go sit in a room. They show their face. You get briefed, mm-hmm. and then you go get them. Right. Like Pretty that's much. sort of what you do. Um, literally, um, you know, we we wait for these guys to essentially um, expose themselves right through different means. Right. Um, and when they do, sometimes we have 15, 20 minutes to plan an op, get on a helicopter, make a manifest, plan a route, and and, right. and, and go to this target. Yes, you had a movie job. Um, there are, uh, uh, yeah, there are movies made about some of the things I've done. Absolutely. Did, really? Yeah. Did you ever, so one of the things I thought of with this is you're kind of doing exposed work. Did, do they train you on, like, if you get captured? Um, yeah, there like, is a school that people attend. It's called Seer School. Um, uh, survival, uh, you, you can look up. Right, yep. yeah. Um, so Seer School, so essentially uh, they train you um, what to do. Um, like in, for in anti-torture a, techniques? In a, in a, think? It's, it's all about, how, how's a good way of putting this? Um, it's about um, what to do. Uh, in certain situations. Here's the problem with Sears School, and here's the problem with these fuckers in the Middle East. Um, you better save the last bullet for yourself yeah, if you have to. There's because no... at the end of the day, they're going to cut your head off on the internet. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> there's not any fucking thing you're going to do about <laughs> right, it, frankly. Right. Um, but, you know, ho- but hope that uh, they make a mistake and, and uh, the same boys that uh, uh, are in the task force will be also the ones that are doing your hostage rescue mission. That's the best you could hope for. Do you uh, think that's common? Like, I mean, do you think guys did hold hold a bullet? They're in a bad situation, and, and I actually, did. what's that? I you did, did? absolutely. Wow. I, I would. We 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 all knew the the deal, but um, most of my time in the service, the odds were so stacked into our favor. Um, just because you guys planned so well. And well, all. just and all the assets we could bring to bear. Uh, yeah, you know. We knew the thing that made, I guess, my war different than that from the conventional militaries is I knew exactly where I was going, who I was going after, what my role was within that uh, element, um, and contingencies upon contingencies that were just basically standard operating procedures. I, 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 I could, I, and we did most of our stuff at night. Um, unless it was a really, really, really big fish, uh-huh. um, we would go out at night, um, and and uh, they wouldn't have any fucking idea we were coming. Um, right, and and uh, they would basically wake up to to me blowing the door off their hinges uh, and and standing. Yeah, the alarm over them. clock. Did they call you like the alarm clock nah, or something? No. Nah, and then you have a pussy nah. friend you call the snooze bar. No, we had lame. Uh, we had lame. Uh, lame call signs. Ah shit. Yeah. I would be an asshole not to ask the question. You mentioned that you've done things that have, m- movies have been made about. Can you say what movies? Um, do you, do you were you in the Bin Laden raid? No, 
I was not. But, Can you uh, say but, yes again, and then we'll edit that out? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was not in that raid, but okay. I was part of the same task force that really? did that raid. Yeah, essentially. Did we were all part of that that umbrella. Did you um, ever go I knew on a people, raid where I knew you people thought that, you were going to get them? Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Yep, we went on raids that um, that we thought to we were going to get To where you went, you, like you're thinking in your head, we're going to fucking kill bin Laden. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because I thought the whole thing with the SEAL thing is they didn't really know who it was. Like everyone kind of knew, but they don't say we, it or something. We wouldn't exactly. So we would know We would know where we thought he was. And when we were heading that direction, um, people assumed that this might be. But they knew exactly who they were going after. Okay. Were we raid. ever yeah. close, do you think? Other than, I mean, the famous Tora Bora escape, right? Right. Uh, were we ever close other times, or were there other times that we thought, oh, we, we got him locked down and he got away? Um, no, I don't think so. I think that that raid, um, particularly, um, they, they, they knew for a 100% certainty he was there, I, I would say. Were you not on that one just as a sheer like? I, is it a by sheer that, change essentially? No, by that okay. time, I had uh, I had left the organization. I had left the, the the military essentially. Okay. So I was not I was not in it anymore. Um, not by choice. I got fucked up uh, downrange, as we call it. Okay. And uh, and what I, does that mean exactly? Uh, I got a medical board from the military. I took some shrapnel. Mm. Uh, I've been shot. I've been blown up. I've been stabbed. I had a parachute accident uh, where my parachute didn't open. Well, let's wow. run through those. Uh, Holy yeah. Awesome. yeah. Let me get to, to the movie thing first. Yeah. But then, yeah, there's just yeah. too much going on of, yeah. that I'm so excited for. Yeah. I'm so glad you've lived a fucked up life. It really helps my show. Yeah. <laughs> so thank Absolutely, you. Absolutely, man. What, uh, and your country, Gabe. Jesus. And, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the show is really, yes, you get more viewers. Um, what, um, you know, you, you see that in, you know, I, I'm, I love military porn in general. I watch all those Discovery things. And that is... It seems to be a somewhat common thing in warfare where you have your 12 guys and they're calling for backup. I know Benghazi is different, but yeah. it's essentially you're calling for backup right? and they can't get it sometimes. And right. they're pinned down. And every time I see that in one of those shows, I just think you must just hate your fucking country when that's going on. Or just or the like I'm giving everything and you can't send a fucking jet to bomb these motherfuckers or whatever it is i would think that is the most vulnerable awful feeling in the world have you ever been in that situation um not really uh i can say that most of the times that i went out we had the assets that we needed okay um we had uh and and the reason why we had those assets uh is because especially those air support assets that you mentioned is because um, we would literally have a stack of aircraft, uh, as we called it, the stack, um, that would be with us every night, and they were multiple different aircrafts. Um, and then those aircrafts, uh, some of those, some of those uh, assets were part of the task force as well. So when they came up with JSOC, uh, JSOC basically came on the heels of the failed mission to rescue hostages in Iran. Okay. Uh, oh, I don't know if you like, remember that. Yeah, the Iran hostage the, the crisis. Iran like hostage that crisis actual Ar- Argo, the movie Argo, yeah, Argo. for movie right. fans. That's, that's right. right. Movie about so that. all the, all the, basically all the um, um, people that are organizations that are, are within JSOC now, essentially, um, uh, they were all on that raid. The problem is, is they, the command structure didn't exist there. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no overarching command. Uh, um, that existed to kind of 
put everybody together right. and coordinate all these right. things. So you had Air Force people and Army people and all you know a refueler somewhere in the middle of the fucking and they desert. They like a standardization. And, and like Homeland Security when they realize yeah. we all got to be talking. We all got to be talking right. to each other. And and so on the heels of that f- that failed mission, JSOC was essentially born. Um, and uh, I'll tell you this: um, nobody, no other military in the world can hold a candle to what our special operations forces are capable of. What's your first big mission? So, you know, to me, obviously you had a movie-type career. What's your first movie moment or first raid you went on or thing where you go, holy shit, I'm doing some cool, cool shit? shit? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I won't discuss the date. Sure. Um, but we were going after uh, a very, very bad guy who is currently um, being held uh, by our government. A guest of the government? Sure. A guest of the government. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to put it. Um, and uh, it was a daylight raid. Um, and uh, with daylight raids, um, uh, we basically, we come in and we come in hard is a good way to put it. How many people do you roll in with um, typically? You know, between uh, 60 to 70 people. Okay. Um, but... Some of those uh, people, a lot of those people are, are what we call support assets or sort of um, the people that actually are responsible for, for, for doing the raid. Um, you know, the actual, you know, door kickers, yeah. as we call them. You know, there's the tip of the sword, and then there's the kind of guys back there, right? Well, they're not back there. They're right up there with us. Kay. You know, they're on the birds. They're on the panders. They're on. They're going with us. Okay. Um, and they're right there. They can get shot and killed just as anybody does. But some of these people come in after the target building is secure to do different right. things. Uh, essentially, you got to, you got, you know, you you go do these, these raids, um, and then you got to... Um, uh, exploit the target building. Um, okay. Uh, gather, gather uh, weapons, cash, sure, intelligence. You know, different things you find and see, and uh, basically you got to mark where it is and you got to do all this stuff, and then you send it back, and uh, and uh, somebody somewhere else goes through it all and figures out who we're gonna go get next. Essentially, so uh, how based did- off some of that. How did that daylight raid work then? Because, you know, as you said earlier, yeah, that so nighttime is the big thing, typically. Right. So we came, uh, I remember very, very, I remember it very vividly. Uh, we came on a, uh, we came on multiple birds. I was on a, a CH-47, which is a Chinook, that okay. double rotor. Is it the quiet one that they did for Bin Laden? No, those, no? those, those, uh, yeah, those are only used in special occasions. I'll okay, that way. right. Uh, not that they, they're not there, but right. they, they bust those out. Yeah. For, right. I never got. To, I never <laughs> got to ride on one of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish I would have. Right. Uh, but um, yeah, and the only reason people know about them, uh, I mean, is it's because crashed, it crashed. Because right? it fucking crashed. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess I can mention them. I yeah. suppose because everybody. Uh, knows everyone's about heard it. Yeah, for sure. Um, so anyway, um, yeah. So we came in, and I remember um, basically I was gonna. I, I had my element. Uh, I was the main assault effort. Um, and I was going to come off the back of the 47, and I was going to basically go straight towards the target building and uh, blow the fucking gate off and go in, and uh, uh, anybody who was a hostile, I was going to fucking kill them. Sure. That's how it works. Uh, uh, but as we were coming in, I remember the ramp started coming down on the, the 47, uh, and I was prepping my charge at this time. Um, 
so I had a, a, a an ECT charge, uh, and essentially what an ECT charge is, it's like a shape charge. It's got a V shape in the explosive, and then on the inside, it's it's lined with copper. Uh, and what it utilizes is what's called the Monroe effect. So it'll actually explode at the top of the V. That V will invert like this, and that copper will. Uh, a lot of that copper is just instantly turned into a jet. Uh, essentially that travels insanely fa faster, 10 times as fast as a bullet. Um, and it will cut through very precisely um, a, a locking mechanism or or, right. or whatever. What form is the copper in? Like, is it, it in a... It, it's, so if the explosive is in the shape of a V, the mm -hmm. copper is on the inside lining, and it utilizes what's called the Monroe effect. It's sure. A, it's a demolitions term. How thick is the copper? Sorry, I'm just trying it's, to think of that. In uh, it's, it's not that thick. Uh, so... So if you're, exp you know, if half you're, an inch, and it depends like on what grain your your okay. ECT charge in. They vary all the way from 300 grain, which is a really small for a really small, say, a screen door. Okay. Um, to <laughs> all the way up to like 5400 right. 5, grain, which is for like thick, uh, a th a thick metal security gate surface. Uh, yeah, you know, a really fucking big security <laughs> gate. <laughs> how yeah. I'm gonna ask, like, how yeah. big of a door? Could you, or what's the biggest door you ever blew off? Uh, I th I've blown through some walls that were about 12 inches thick before Holy with reinforced, reinforced rebar. Can you imagine being in a fucking compound and yeah. seeing a dude come through yeah. at 12 and like, no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, for some of those bigger wall charges, we use like C4, things like that. Um, ECT, C4, it all has a different relative explosive factor. It's all measured in terms to relative explosive factor to... TNT. So if if the inch is the standard unit of mm -hmm. measurement in um, in a uh, in a foot, mm -hmm. uh, a stick of TNT or dynamite is the unit of measurement as it pertains to yes. explosives. Okay. Um, so we use the term relative explosive factor. It means relative to one yeah. stick of, of dynamite. Okay. So, yeah. Um, so I don't know who thought of that. As the ramp is coming down on the um, CH-47, I'm looking out, um, and uh, there is a um, basically more of a village here. This compound is a little bit outside of the village, uh, and it's surrounded by uh, fields. Okay. Um, and over there, this was uh, over there. They they uh, dig these irrigation ditches mm -hmm. uh, for their crops, um, and uh, these crops happen to be poppy hmm. which mm -hmm. is a very fucking common crop yeah, I over there. I know you might be familiar that. with that yeah. yeah um but they they i i noticed right away these guys had um rpks and pkms which are machine guns they had ak-47s and they were utilizing these uh irrigation ditches as Fox trenches basically. Right. yeah mm. and they were maneuvering in these trenches and we, the aircraft was taking fire as it was coming in uh the door gunner was uh doing god's work on the minigun as I like okay. to call it, uh, strafing, uh, you know, uh, these people that were shooting at us. Yeah. Essentially. Um, and we got off, and I remember uh, a buddy of mine, uh, he comes out, and he was, uh, he was a sniper tasked with providing Overwatch, and literally he comes out of the back of that 47, plops on the ground, and uh, I am at this point going to my target building um, at a high rate of speed with my element 
is basically providing my security because at this point I have my charge ready and primed, which means I have my blasting cap attached to my charge. So you are running to a gate. I'm basically uh, running like to this you gate. You are the tip of the spear uh, in this moment, well, and, there's got, yeah, and there's people shooting to cover you. There's people shooting at me, uh, shooting at me, shooting at me. My guys are shooting. We're running, shooting, moving, and shooting while I, uh, you know, we're basically you're running. To you're this the gate. running back, essentially. Uh, you're I'm not the, shooting? Uh, no, I'm not. Right. I, I have this charge ready to go. And my job is to stick it and pop it. You just have to have faith that your dudes are going to kill. So you're seeing people I don't, I don't need you, to essentially. Have, I don't need to have faith. Okay. Um, I know. Right. I know I know my guys. That's how it works. And I, right. I trust them with my life, and they trust me with theirs. But essentially, I watch my, 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 uh, the sniper. He dropped down right to the ground right away, and he lined it up, and uh, he smoked this dude. He must have been seven, <laughs> 700 meters away. I think it's the longest shot I've seen somebody actually take in a combat situation and, uh, and actually kill their fucking guy. And I remember seeing that, and I, I, I mean, I know what our snipers are capable yeah. of, you know. But, but to see seeing, it in seeing real. Seeing that fucking shot, I was like, God damn it, that's... That that makes me feel ten feet tall and bulletproof. You would have loved this then when I was fifteen years yeah. old. I was deer hunting and I dropped a, a little deer, a tiny deer, from yeah. like two hundred yards away, one shot. Anyway, he thought it had heroin. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I thought they did. Yeah. Uh, they eat poppies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so sorry, uh, but anyway, okay. So he drops the dude. Did you guys? Uh, what's a forty-seven? Uh, it's a Chinook, a helicopter. Oh, yeah, I knew that. You said that earlier. Yeah. So anyway, so there's also a did you Mark, guys jump uh, out of it then? There's also a Mark 47, by the way. Uh, the Lincoln a, Town Car? No, <laughs> okay. it's, a, it's a fully automatic grenade launcher. It's pretty fucking sweet. Wow. If you ever get to shoot one, I say go for it. I, if, <laughs> if any of our listeners have one, I, yeah. yeah, we'll videotape it. I'd yeah. love to. Yeah. What? Uh, so, okay, so then you run up, you put the charge on the door. Uh, I put the charge on the door. Um and what I had was a uh, uh, a non L initiator, which was hooked up to a blasting cap, um, and I backed off to my standoff distance. Uh, we like to try to back off to our standoff distance. Um, sometimes we're a little close. Yeah, we're eager. Sure. Yeah, I probably blown myself up just as many times as the bad guys blown me. Up. <laughs> so, uh, and 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 so uh, um, essentially, it's. Uh, uh, the detonator is very simple, uh, the way you use it. Uh, there is a safety involved. That was already fucking out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, push, quarter turn, pull, uh, and uh, boom. How long do you have from the pull? Instant. It travels at about uh, 2,200 feet per second, I think. So is it, tra- but is it trailing behind you while you run for a second? Like how far can you get away from it before it goes? Oh no! It once you pop it, it goes. Well, and but then it, there's but it's, different. But it's projected straight forward, so you're fine. Right. It's, so let okay. me let me set it up. I guess in a way that makes sense. So say this is the door, mm-hmm. okay, that I'm trying to blow off, and say this battery right here is attached to my initiating system, mm-hmm. uh, and this battery is the piece of demolition. Uh, essentially, I would back up to whatever the length of that initiating oh, system this, was. Uh, gotcha. I would use the right initiating system based off of my mathematical calculation uh, that I did with this charge that would tell me how far I should be gotcha. before I before I detonate this thing, and I would try to always... Did Hence you blowing yourself up? up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Right. But, you know, there are different factors that you can go in. I, like, uh, I would always try to, you know, if possible... Uh, put myself behind something, mm, sure. round a corner, uh, whatever I had to do. Um, I, I, tr- I didn't like to take 
you know, I, I always wanted standoff, but I always wanted to kind of be able to see or at least be able to have eyes on yeah, you yeah. know, my breach, essentially. Um, you know, shit happens sometimes. Did you ever screw up that calculation? Uh, I never screwed up the calculation. Okay. I always got the calculation right. Sometimes <laughs> I didn't go as far back as was advised. Okay. How does that feel? Uh, you know, you can ring your bell. Yeah. yeah. Does yeah. It mean, what does it feel like when you're a little too close? Is it like the movies where it just or it goes silent? And you're you know, just... like we had something similar to this. Uh, yeah. Peltor. Headset is yeah. the same. Yeah. And, and what they were really good at, the military ones, they were designed. Um, so uh, sharp sudden loud noises they would muffle so like mm. the clapping of your hands here uh if you would clap your hand or a bullet or an explosion right uh-huh. it would muffle those charges but speaking just like this how we're speaking it almost sounds very similar wow uh speaking over oh amazing comps, okay you know it's it's i mean it's almost identical i mean the the way it sounds um so you breach the door but you, you don't have to be the, the first guy through the door do you uh, usually I was. I was really? one of the first people through the breach, absolutely. I think that'd be the creepiest feeling in the world to, nah, to, you I know, to do that, come around the corner. But do you, you don't want to be the like... you don't want to be the second guy. Why is that? The first guy always catches him off guard, the second guy is the one that usually gets shot. Oh. No shit. Yeah. That makes sense, I guess. It yeah. sort of does in a yeah. fucked up way. Too, too bad he has to be second. Maybe that, that was, is. you know, and that could be a, a special operation superstition. Yeah. Fuck, I don't know. That's why you want women in combat. You're like, after you. What after you. Th- exactly. That <laughs> 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 makes you second. <laughs> I will say no, this. they're third. I, I will say this. Um, not only, uh, you know, and people like to throw that that term out there tip of the spear yeah i think it's fucking way overused you know you, you go I use it twice you go well you go to the you go ask the marines and they're the tip of the spear <laughs> you go ask the army and they're the tip of the spear then they, everybody's the fucking tip of the spear um i can't overemphasize enough that that uh units that belong to the joint special operations command are quite literally the glistening, shiny fucking point on the tip of the spear. Yeah. You know what I mean? If yeah. there's a good way to put that. What um, do you, like, when you think of breaching a door and coming around a corner, you know, you're catching people off guard and about to kill them. What are... Not always. Sure, okay. And, uh, and okay. so with these with these charges we use, um, uh, before we before we start looking, uh, before we go out this the, the planning phase, right? Um, we're we're having uh, ISR overhead assets that are providing real time imagery of the target building, uh, who's walking around, how many people are on target, how many people are MAMs or military age males, as we like to say, how many are women, how many are children. A lot of times, uh, these these fucking bad guys will be surrounded by their twenty wives and their hundred thousand bastard kids. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, and, and, uh, you know, uh, when, when we take overhead imagery of these targets, uh, we have guys that will do macerations, we call it, and they will basically tell you, uh, based off the shadows, the angles of buildings, how thick the walls are, um, what the door is made out of, um, and I can use that information. Amazing. I can use that information to build a very precise, um, charge and at uh, oftentimes we're doing multiple breaches. Uh, we'll do breaches to make them think we're coming in one oh, way and sure. another breach and come in the other way. Or sometimes we'll breach and we won't even fucking go in. Uh, we'll stay on the outside of the walls of the compound and we'll blow the shit out of their door. To this is like in the middle of the night yeah, and okay. uh, we will uh, do what's kind of called a call out um, where we have an interpreter with us and we will say, hey, um, 
all you uh you know all everybody that's women and children come out one at a time once the women and children are out men come out uh yada 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 um and and then we'll let out a little warning order anybody who's still in the building you obviously want to party so let's fucking party and uh <laughs> and we'll take it from there <laughs> uh, they we don't use that of that course man, that, that would be so cool if even just once <laughs> one guy did it some sometimes they do really oh yeah did you <laughs> do you ever kill anyone and say something before <laughs> like, time to take out the yeah. trash <laughs> uncle sam you know, says hello i wish <laughs> i wish i could sit here and say i had some fucking corny line uh uh yeah yeah. Do you remember your, yeah, your I, first I, so kill? So this is so okay. this is this is a this is true though. Um, rifles all have serial numbers. So I think any rifle that's produced has a right. fucking serial number, um, and 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 those serial numbers are obviously tracked. Uh, um, um, but uh, I, I had a, a buttstock number written on mine. Uh, we all had these numbers written on it, and it just makes it easier. Give me give me stock number forty four. You know, which was my uh, buttstock number, and it happened to be that Barack Obama was the 44th president of the United States. So down the barrel of my rifle, I had hope and change written, <laughs> <laughs> and that was my little claim to fame. I guess that was the corniest thing I ever did. No, I, I love that. Awesome. That that actually yeah. has some intellect behind it. <laughs> you gotta be, yeah. Yeah. You know. No, that's good. So back to so your first big one here. We breached the door. Is there anything beyond that? That yeah, there's some people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's some people that were there at a party. Okay. Um, so essentially it was a um, kind of a rectangular-shaped compound. It was actually fairly easy to clear. Um, some of these compounds uh, are intricate and difficult, um, especially the ones over in Afghanistan. Uh, these aren't very large people. Um, you know, malnutrition, um, a lot of factors. They're not. They're not generally... They're not necessarily short people. They're just not very big people. Um, and they definitely don't build doors for 200-pound... Uh, right, white guys, uh, yeah. or whatever, whatever, Americans, well, yeah. Well, 200-pound corn-fed corn yeah. fed w- fucking dudes yeah. with full kit on to right. come through, you know. Um, so, essentially, um, all the... Uh, and a lot of it... Think of it, um, think of it like they all have a courtyard... Essentially, yep. and then there are multiple doors sometimes uh, for individual rooms or storehouses or whatever, um, and they're not necessarily connected to the next right. little building. Right, yep. sometimes they are, so, yeah, yeah, sometimes yeah. they are, sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. So I came in, um, and uh, and it was a corner-fed courtyard, uh, and essentially they're, they're, as far as you're concerned when you're doing clearing, there's essentially two two rooms there's a corner fed room and there's a center fed room or there's a corner fed compound and there's a center fed compound meaning the door is either in the corner or mm-hmm. it's in the middle of the room um and kind of with this case it was in the corner um i came in and uh pretty much uh cleared the the uh the compound so basically you move through your first point of domination as we call it uh my first point of domination was the doorway as i entered i moved to the second point of domination which was my second corner while collapsing my sector um and your sector is basically um based off of where your number two man is going to wind up so i basically almost 
by myself and the number two man coming in. You essentially one goes one way, one you goes the other way. Or whatever, or whatever. One goes one way, one goes the it. other yep. way, and and you know you bring your barrels right off the other barrel. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I was doing that, I was providing. I had these. There were these three rooms. Boom, boom, boom. They all each had their own door going into them, and I could see those right away. Um, I locked them down and then maneuvered my guys um, through one room while providing Overwatch on the second and third, and then into the second room, you know, while mm-hmm. providing Overwatch on the last room, and then they went into the third room. Uh, while I while I came in, uh, a couple of guys came out of one of the rooms. Um, and we dropped them right there. They both had AK-47s, and they're ready to, ready to, ready to kill some Americans. But I'll be damned. Was that your first, first? No, per- like okay. No, that was my first time uh, killing anybody. Um, my first, uh, my first experience uh, killing people was early on in the in the conflict. Do you remember it? Was it you know how you felt afterward? Did you see them close up? Yeah, here's here's kind of how I describe um, some of it to people. Um, the way I always looked at it is, at the end of the day, I either get to go back home to my family or that fucking asshole goes back to his, and I'll be damned if I'm not going to go back to my family. Um, I would, um, I would be a, a lot of times, especially in the heat of combat. Uh, you don't have time to process it or even think about yeah. it. It's it's something that happened. Even even when um, some of your own guys are are shot and killed. I remember very specifically um, on this raid I'm talking about. We had a member that was killed, um, and you just don't have time. You're still in the middle of a of a gunfight. This this firefight I was in particularly lasted. Uh, it was about. 12 to 18 hours it was a very Jeez, significant holy wow. shit. but it goes by like that uh i can, i i guess uh it started it, it, it during the day and it went all the way into the night um and um before we got out of there um and and essentially um the the battle started in one part of the valley and it just kind of continued down the valley but you know y- you just don't have time to process it um i remember after i got out it was about a few years after i got out and everything just fucking hit me one day you know i mean it yeah. just hit me like a ton of bricks i guess the way i describe it to people is i've experienced the human condition at the most extreme yeah um i i know what it's like to feel truly relieved that i lived through something um, I know what it's like to struggle with kind of the the woulda shoulda couldas. Uh, looking back, you know, on on people that served with me or under me that were killed, um, and thinking what I could have done differently, and would they still be alive? And you can go round and round yeah. and beat yourself up about it all day long. Um, I remember one guy in particular uh, that I did kill that sticks with me. Separate separate mission, but um. um me and uh, 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 a guy came into this room. I was actually the second man in. The first guy uh, was going in, um, and he was bigger than me. Uh, he was about six foot four, about two forty, without kit. Just a big fucking yeah. guy. There's kind of two types of guys, by the way. There's sort of these bigger. They look like line. You know, they look like big, almost like NFL players. Yeah. And then you have guys like uh, kind of built like me. You know, we're not. We're just. Uh, you know. We're sort of the 
the lean. I'm I'm just gonna yeah. try nice round pectorials. Yeah, thanks. Le- lean and scrappy. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. Lean. Yeah, um, he looks at, like a military uh, guy. At the time, in shape. <laughs> you know. At the time, I was like, you know, 190, 200 in there, and then you get these some of these fucking guys, and we always joke. I was like, if you get fucking shot, bud, I mean. Yeah, who's carrying you It's going to take up? like 10 of us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, lose some weight. Yeah. Stop doing the 500-pound deadlifts in the gym, okay? <laughs> uh, but this one guy in particular, uh, he came through. I remember as he was going through the door, and these were like Afghani doors. Uh, they weren't very big, broad uh, doorways. Uh, and he, he kind of got hung up. His kit uh, got hung up on something. He was getting through the door, and I got through the door about a half a second too late. And and. In those ex- those moments, um, it's life and death in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and by the time I got into that room, uh, there was a, a, a enemy combatant that had grabbed his M4 um, and was trying to jerk it away from him. And I watched him try to turn it towards him. And uh, and uh, and I called shot. And essentially, what that means, uh, if I say shot and I'm in a room with you, it means I'm making a shot in very close proximity to you. Kind of so maintain stand, your body stand position. stand fucking completely yeah, yeah. still. <laughs> sure. Exactly. And, right. and this is at night, under night vision, very dark, oh uh, in a God. dark room. Um, and um, I said shot, uh, and he stood still, and I probably sh- emptied about half a mag into this guy. Right. I mean, I literally put my barrel right up against his rib cage, and just emptied rounds into this guy and i'll never forget he let go of my friend's rifle and uh he turned towards me and it was almost like with his fucking dying breath um he wanted to fucking kill me and and he he took a step which fucking sticks with me to this day because you've hit him a bunch of times he took a step towards me and uh and uh my friend at this point had already drew his sidearm and stuck it right up to the side of his head and and uh he dropped dead and uh we immediately went to our undergun lights um and his wife and kids were right there um, oh. in that room i hadn't noticed him initially at first and there was a there was a machine gun in the corner um he, and uh this was in a uh, right next to a compound not very far that we had taken significant contact in about a week prior um and uh, I remember seeing uh, his wife and uh, his his young daughter. Um, and I thought to myself years later as I was thinking about this, I said, um, I may have killed one bad guy, but I just created two more for sure. Yeah. You know, I, I thought to myself, it really kind of, that was the first time I ever felt like something I did was completely f- futile. Yeah. You know, it had no purpose uh if i was that daughter um right growing up uh i'd fucking hate what america. else would you do I'd right what else hate america i watch those us. motherfuckers come in and yeah. superior technology you know yeah and in a way whatever. in a way um i admire the guy and uh that was hard for me to admit at first uh um if somebody kicked in my door in the yeah. middle of the night and oh i got God. kids you know i got a wife and uh i would only hope that if I couldn't get to my rifle, I had enough courage to. Um, I, Absolutely, I, you know, to to meet to meet a challenge in the dark, yeah. r- run at them, yeah, is uh, profoundly brave. I think, yeah. you, you know, I 
we got an intruder run through our yard once that yeah. like woke everyone up. Right. And I got to say, I was, I'd like to fancy myself that I'd run out and attack someone. I was, you know, you're trying to assess the situation and look. Right. It's amazing to run right at it right. like that. Right. Absolutely. And and especially, and you know, this was an Afghan guy. Um, he was he he wasn't a small guy. He wasn't a big guy. Mm-hmm. My buddy was a big fucking guy. Yeah. You know, and and I'm I was no slouch at the time. You know. Um, you know, you know. I, I guess he. You know, I think there's something in the warrior culture that spans all the way back, as far as people have written sagas or history books mm-hmm. about conflict that, um, and you know, people write stories about their enemy sometimes from a point of almost admiration, yeah, oh, uh, absolutely. or not, not, or just respect, mm-hmm. you know, um, and. And it's not, I'm not, by no means am I saying I fucking respect terrorists or what they fucking stand for. They're a bunch of assholes. Right. Let's make it perfectly clear. Um, But what I will say is they're a bunch of assholes who believe in something so, so much uh, that they are willing to strap a bomb to their chest and blow themselves up. Uh, it takes some dedication. It's uh, you know, that's I mean, why boxers and some insanity. fucking hug at the end of every fight. There's something when you go, you know. That, oh, I wouldn't hug one. Of them. That <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't so, go that far. Let's get that straight. So is it? I mean, maybe if I got to put my thumbs <laughs> into their eyes. You, you talk about so you, you say you, you shoot the guy and you feel like you made two more. I mean, that's a, a that, and that didn't. I didn't reflect on that paradox r- until years course, later. Of course, at I, the that, time, I, I shot a bad guy. And I saw his wife. When you defended kids. your friend, you did what you yeah. had. There was no choice of what you were going to do. I saw his wife and kids, and I fucking I grabbed him up and and uh, checked him real quick and put him in some zip ties and fucking sent him out. Um, what's your worst day as a uh, black ops or special ops guy? Black ops. Um, no. I think and, that yeah. I think that same day mm-hmm. because we failed to get our target. He got away, and. We lost some people, and some people were significantly wounded to a life-altering yeah. status. Um, um, I, you know, uh, that's always hard. Yeah. When, you're, when, especially, you get really used to getting your guy because you become so proficient at it. Um, as the war went on, we've got to be really fucking good at it. Um, and when you don't get your guy. God, it fucking pisses you off. You don't sleep. You stay up all morning, mm-hmm. I should say, all day, mm-hmm. and you wait till the sun goes down again, and you hope he pops back up. Um, and you just, and eh, you just lose, you lose fucking sleep over it. Yeah. Um, and uh, and uh, that was a hard, hard day. Uh, it was. It was. Uh, you know, it was probably one of the best days and the worst days of my life, in a weird way, I guess to put it. Because you saved, you know, you you saved your friend essentially at one point. Right? Uh, That's a, the highlight. Are we talking? Am I talking about the wrong day? To, no. Well, <laughs> okay. no. That was a different. That was okay. a different You're talking mission. About the, the the explosive. The first one I talked about. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah. Um, I don't want to say I saved anybody's life. I, I helped do some yeah. some battlefield medical care. You know, we have some astounding. Uh, they're not even medics. Um, and this is just to give you guys a level of some of our support assets that I talked about earlier. Um, I've I've um, some of these guys are are full blown fucking surgeons that are out on the battlefield. With really? Us. Uh, wow. Yeah.
you know, you said you've had some run-ins, whatever. What's the closest you've ever come to biting the dust yourself? Um, a few times. I brought in something for you. All right. He, this is the first guest ever who's brought props, which we will take pictures of anything he allows us to. Uh, this is a piece of concrete from a street in Baghdad. He has a piece of concrete, very rough-hewn, big rocks in it the size of about and a, a this, softball that's flattened. This side, if you see, you see that discoloration there, that mm-hmm. almost that uh, reddish, yeah. goldish brick color? Um, that is left over from a metal EMP charge. Um, so essentially what they would do is they would take a circular uh, conical-shaped um, metal plate that Iran was making, uh, and they would ship these in. Uh, the Iranians would. Uh, and uh, But the Iranians aren't helping them. Oh, sure they're not. <laughs> and uh, d- they would do the same. You know how I described those ECT charges, mm-hmm. how they would utilize mm-hmm. them on effects? Almost a similar concept. And they would bury explosive underneath this um, conical-shaped device, and then they would put concrete. They would redo the concrete on the road, and with all the garbage and trash and bullshit, you could hardly tell. Um, and I was standing outside of a hatch on a, a Pander, which is a six-wheeled variant of a kind of, of a striker, very similar to a striker, okay. essentially. Um, and uh, they buried it a little too deep. So essentially, there's a thing called standoff, and uh, roughly speaking, the standoff of your charge, you measure the... Uh, the width across the base of your charge. Um, fuck, maybe I shouldn't be saying this. I'm teaching people how to make bombs over the radio. <laughs> uh, essentially, based off of, I'll say this, based off of whatever the width is across, mm. um, well, there's a mathematical equation that will denote your standoff to your target. Sure. Um, and there's a way of figuring that, and that's all I'll say. Right. Um, their standoff was a little too much. Their charge wasn't big enough. Um, so this really heaved a lot more concrete up than they had intended, but it heaved enough, and this came over the side and hit me right on the side of the head, uh, and it knocked me unconscious. Luckily, I was wearing a helmet, um, and it knocked me out, um, and I remember um, I uh, came to, and I was looking at my hands like this, and I had my rifle slung, uh, and I was looking at my hands like this, and uh uh, a guy looked right at me, and he, uh, I won't say his name, and he looks at me, and he goes, are you okay? And uh, I was, without looking at him, I remember, I said, yeah, I'm okay. And then I looked up and stood back out the hatch, and there were fucking bad guys everywhere. It was an ambush, essentially, and uh, I just started, we did what was called the death blossom. Uh, or you just basically fucking so start. That's where you have an Uzi and you spin on one leg <laughs> yeah. and you fucking kill everyone. I know that. I, I just remember that uh, there, there was enemy. It was kind of like an L-shaped sort of ambush. Um, so they get you this way and they get you that way. Um, and then we we also had air, air assets with us uh, that, that came right in on the hill. So we had guys shooting their 50 cals. We had guys shooting those sweet fully automatic grenade launchers. And I was just fucking... I had my uh, my M4 rifle, and I was stitching a couple guys up. Um, At what point of the ambush did you think? To <laughs> when we got out? back, <laughs> when we got <laughs> back, no, so so it <laughs> landed on the top of the vehicle <laughs> so near the hat. <laughs> it, it did. <laughs> it landed. So remember, I oh, said yeah. I was like, yeah. So it landed on the top of the the vehicle on the hatch. Oh, okay. And uh, as we we were rolling back in. 
my buddy, the same guy that goes, are you okay? You know, as I'm looking at my hands, he goes, hey, that was the piece of fucking concrete that hit you. I seen it. And I was like, oh, that's going to be a good fucking paperweight one day. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He said, yeah, that fucking hit you right on the head and it rolled right over there. And that's it right there, man. And I said, right, sweet, cool. I grab it. And, uh, I love that this is just general dumbass guy stuff like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, hey, man, that's a piece of concrete hit you. So this, Thanks, man. So how, um, how far away were those guys? I mean, do you see faces of people shooting at you? Um, I can see some faces. You yeah. can? Yeah, absolutely. That has got to be, like, do you ever, I mean, I would imagine you're sort of on autopilot. You're, you're doing the thing you're trained to do. But do you ever have moments in it where you... I don't know. Have a human moment, or we make eye, how we make eye contact. Yeah, like yeah. how ridiculous this is. Can't we just like, can't we just settle this yeah, over a game fuck? of poker? Yeah, or something? or something. I don't know. They don't drink. They don't play poker. They don't <laughs> right. like fucking. They don't have strip clubs. They're I don't know. Guys, There's guys. just not any common ground. I yeah, yeah. It is just uh, training and muscle memory at that point. I mean, really, just, that's a great way to put it. Uh, muscle memory. Um, a phrase uh, uh, we like to use is uh, violence of action. Is a very common phrase. That's a cool phrase. Yeah, you have start uh, using that in the you bedroom have, with you the have, wife. You have violence of action and everything you do. Um, um, and you you use overwhelming force and violence of action to eliminate your enemy. Essentially, no matter how prepared, no matter whatever, I'm sure you've had extremely skilled, dedicated friends and brothers, whatever, who, you know, who it's just pure luck. Someone Sometimes. pops up, some variable, some something, and it's like. How do you keep your mind from not being overwhelmed by that? So here, I think what I hear you saying is um, that even the lowest train yeah. asshole can yes. shoot the the, so the best train fucking operator. Yep. And you're absolutely right. I can, that's absolutely a, a scenario. Uh, one thing um, I think we all knew, uh, all understood is uh, kind of... At least this is what got me through it. If it's your time, it's your fucking time. And there is not a goddamn thing you're going to do about it. Uh, and I what you, what you, people say that, and I just can't believe that what you, you actually need to, believe that. What you need to understand and what you signed your name up for and what you kept signing up for, you knew what you were getting yourself into. You you weren't there with you you were there with what we call the three time four time volunteers. You had to volunteer to join the service. You had to volunteer to do this. You had to volunteer yeah. to do that. And you had to keep volunteering. Um, and at the end of the day, yeah, what you're doing is a little bit more dangerous, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, but you're around the best trained individuals in the United States military. The guy to your left and the guy to your right want to fucking be there you're not with you're not there with somebody who who was a we don't do the draft anymore but you right. know going back you're not there yeah, yeah, yeah. with a drafty you're not there with some guy who's gonna you know i'm just here to do my four years or i'm here because i didn't want to go to jail you know or whatever you're there well maybe some guys started off like that yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. uh you're there with people who really want to be there and you signed up for it and by signing your name on the dotted line and then even myself i re-enlisted a few times when i was in um um i re-enlisted indefinitely to do my 20 years uh and I, by signing that i also understood that my life was not my own my lo my life, as far as I was concerned, was property of the United States government. See, I get says it right on your that. says, it, says it right on your ID yeah. card. But I would just <laughs> think, I mean, were there ever moments that shook that belief? The where you know where you saw something or you thought of something, where you're just like, I mean, 
This sounds like a bullshit question that's easy to dismiss. Yeah. But were you ever scared? I like think, truly scared? I, I think uh, to sit here and say that, um, you know, there were never times where, where people were, were scared is, look, you'd have to be a fucking idiot right. to stand here and say <laughs> that. Uh, here's what I always tell people. Um, courage isn't um, blindly running towards the bullets oblivious to what your fate may be sure courage is knowing that at any moment you could die and you do it anyway right it stopped being you know when i first signed up i wanted to serve my country you know all those things you know um i wanted to give something back um my father like i said came from a different country he wasn't from this country and and you know i thought this was a way to sort of prove that you know i belong here just like everybody else or, or whatever um but I kept doing it because of the camaraderie and the brotherhood. I kept re-enlisting. I re-enlisted indefinitely, as they call it in the military. Um, so I could fucking. I just didn't want to. I just didn't want to leave. You know, there came a point where I just didn't want to leave. So you're, um, you're a uh, like a. a gay guy then? A war junkie. So. <laughs> is there the thought? Sorry, is there the thought that if you leave, what if you leave and then you're not there to save one of your sure, guys? Sure, absolutely. Like as long as I'm here, I know the I'm fucking, doing everything. The I whole can. machine yeah. will fall apart if I step away <laughs> from it. Now. Good, you're still an egomaniac. That's oh good. yeah. So oh yeah. You know, like getting back to the fear thing because I I'm uh, whatever I've had minor level sh- I mean like incomparable stuff but I've I buried him at a show I a couple weeks ago he's never got over. It. <laughs> yeah. I have thought in moments. Like, oh, I'm good under pressure. I'm not fear- – and, I mean, can you think of specific moments, things where you thought, oh, shit, I might be in over my head or, ooh, I don't want to go through this door? Like, there real was, there was one. There was one moment going back to my last uh, last deployment. Um, it was me and one other guy um, in a Hilux vehicle. Um, this is the most scared I've ever been, uh, absolutely. Uh, I just – had this very ominous feeling it wasn't going to end well. Um, And so we were on our way back from uh, Bagram, and we were driving through Kabul uh, on our way to Jalalabad um, and uh, and a Hilux at night. Um, And I knew the area pretty well. Um, We were driving through an area um, that essentially there were a lot of checkpoints um and by this time i had no i knew where they all were at well this so happened at night i was coming up and i saw a group of men standing in uh uniforms uh at a spot where there wasn't normally a checkpoint um and uh and uh i was in a hilux pickup truck uh with another uh friend and you know we were like this isn't something's not right here nowhere to turn around essentially well and that's this checkpoint had never been here before um and uh you know um granted it's afghanistan and shit changes all the fucking time over there but generally speaking you know um you knew where the checkpoints were you knew what they looked like how they were set up fuck sometimes you saw the same asshole sitting there for a week straight you know you, you know um 
And uh, and this was an Afghan military checkpoint because it was on the outer perimeter uh, of the, the it wasn't uh, it was on the outer perimeter of kind of some areas within the city that are very heavily guarded, i.e., like the embassy uh, there in Kabul, mm-hmm. thing, places like this, uh, the airfield, uh, Kabul, Afghanistan International Airfield, uh, and so this just didn't seem right to me, and uh, the way it was set up too didn't seem right to me. Um, so as we're getting to this checkpoint, um, we're slowing down, um, and, uh, the guy reaches for the door, uh, and he's trying to open the door. And I knew right there that it was all fucking off. Um, this was a false checkpoint. These were captured uniforms. Um, and I could tell because they weren't, they weren't, not that these people wear their, not that the Afghan military is big on, uh, on uh, wearing right. your uniform right, right. <laughs> but this was a little more fucked up looking than normal um is that a relief then to you in that moment like oh good we can kill or worse what was i gonna do i okay. i had about 10 guys with uh rifles and i remember specifically one you know super intelligent dude with a rpg uh <laughs> who uh was about five feet away from me, <laughs> pointing a fucking RPG, and it's like, go ahead and right. shoot it, motherfucker. <laughs> right. You know, dead. Yeah. let's go out, let's everybody go, <laughs> you know. Uh, we'll all go out and fucking party together, I guess. Right. Uh, but, um, what did uh, you have on you? I had no body armor. I had an M4. My friend had an M4. I also had a uh, Glock pistol, um, and uh, I had a uh, sat phone, uh, w- which is a. Uh, Basically a, a super yeah. duper. So you just yeah. held up your finger to the guy and said, I have to make a phone call. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Can you hear me now? <laughs> yeah. Um, and essentially he reached for the door. I hit the gas um, and they started shooting at the vehicle. Um, but uh, luckily, I mean, nobody got hit. Uh, I don't know fucking how. Well, here's how. These fucking people are horrible, horrible shots. I'll tell you that, that much. Yeah. Um, and so, which sorry, always works out in our favor. What do you do in a car? Because I think everyone fantasizes or thinks about that at some and point. Sure. Like, to, to how think do about, you duck down? To think about it, what are you going to do? I mean, I really, know. if you think about <laughs> I it, know, I mean, the movies, right, they give you this idea like, just duck below yeah. this headrest and right. you'll be fine. <laughs> yes. You'll be protected by that cotton. Right, <laughs> exactly. It's bullshit. Uh, right. It's a Toyota Hilux. A Toyota Hilux is a very similar to a Toyota like Tacoma a, uh, sure. is a good way to put about the same. I mean, they're a little smaller. Yeah. And they the, they go for really cheap. They have no, like, uh, no safety standards. Yeah, no they're all white standards. with a guy with a machine gun it's on a tripod in the back, right? right? You see them all, yeah. 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 You see yeah. them all the yeah, time. Yeah, all the time. Right, right, right. That's same thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, you can dock. You can do whatever. Uh, or you could just hit the fucking gas and, and cross you your fingers. You stay up, right? Well, there's nowhere to duck either. Right, right. You know, you what know I mean? it's chance. Yeah. It's funny. And so we just hit the gas and we went for it. And my buddy uh, started returning fire out the back window. Uh, and that's what we did. Uh, and, uh, and it was either that or stay there. And I guarantee I would not be sitting here on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, I would be on that the air. I would the show. I would been on my I would be, I would I would have been on a podcast for the yeah. terrorists getting my head cut off <laughs> on the internet like everybody else in a Absolutely. Orange, yeah, orange they sing suit. the song and everything beforehand. Yeah, it's they nice. Make you read a fucking bullshit letter. Yeah. How yeah. unnerving is it when you never really know you're supposed there's these forces you're supposed to be theoretically working with, right. but you're constantly trying to evaluate how much are they actually working with? We had that problem quite a bit in Iraq actually. Uh I think I was shot at by just as many Iraqi police as I was by actual fucking bad guys. Uh, really? Yeah. 
Uh, and part of it is the way we operate. We're rolling out in the middle of the night. These they're kind of they're not as well equipped as us. You know, mm-hmm. they don't have the night vision. They don't have things like that. So, you know. But at the same time, I remember I was uh, in a uh, uh, I was in a big uh, these panders. I'm talking about. Yeah. I was in a big fucking pander. You know. Uh, Sounds we like were, Brian's we, comedy act. We were pander. rolling up. Big pander. We were rolling up to this Iraqi check. We could see them. We had mm-hmm. our night vision, so we were rolling up. And then all of a sudden, this fucking guy's, and we're in this armored vehicle, you know, and he's shooting at it with uh, his AK-47. And uh, uh, and we're right up on him. I mean, he can fucking see it, you know. <laughs> and there's a big spotlight there, and it's like how many Al-Qaeda fucking pander vehicles are rolling through this right. checkpoint every night where you got us confused. You know, I mean, obviously... We're, we're, I mean, we're some, we're not, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's just like, it'd be, yeah, uh, there's no good way to put it. If you You see the Batmobile driving down the street, you would probably be confident it's Batman. Yeah, Yeah, hey, there goes Superman. (laughs) Let's fucking shoot at him. Shoot at me, you can't see I'm fucking Batman. Yeah, exactly. I got the car. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, I might be death obsessed, but I still, so I just want to come back to one thing, because it just, it blows me away to think of two people who don't know each other, who are compelled by separate forces, are now standing 50 feet away in a kill-or-be-killed situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, like, how, how in your, your view, do people react in that situation? Like, did you ever see fear in their eyes? Did you ever, do they scream to, you know, like any strange behavior? How are, like, what's that situation like? Or, um, you know, in your experience. yeah. Um, for me, uh, you know, I guess, and this is, you know, like when it, when it's happening, um, like he said earlier, he, he used the term muscle memory and that's a term we actually use quite a bit. Uh, it's called reflexive fire drills. We do these things called reflexive fire drills. Um, these ready ups, you know, um, where you acquire, identify and engage your target in a matter of whatever, you know, it just becomes muscle memory, like you were saying. Um, that one guy I referenced earlier yeah. um, uh, that, uh, you know, turned towards me, uh, mm-hmm. he he uh, he uh, had this uh, sort of this, and I didn't really think about it until later, maybe this is something I created in my own mind because I didn't really focus on it really think that much about it until years afterwards um he had a look of uh um you know hate yeah contempt almost like fucking how dare you um and he didn't have fear of you which must have been no, straight, right that guy wasn't scared right i don't think i mean he was ready to die uh absolutely i'll tell you this one guy he went out like a fucking champ i mean like uh not like a champ. He went out like Al Pacino from Scarface. <laughs> yeah. This guy was hucking grenades and uh, <laughs> hucking grenades like a fucking, like a motherfucker. And he had two AK-47s like Yosemite Sam strapped around him. Uh, and I remember we literally, we couldn't get to the guy. We tried sneaking. He was up against the wall and we tried sneaking around and dropping, throwing grenades over the wall to kill him. I don't f- didn't fucking die. <laughs> <laughs> fucking still yeah, the just thing with the rats still in my just throwing right fucking now, grenades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so anyway, literally, it got to the point uh, where 
we were like, well, let's just fucking, and he was the only guy there. And we were like, yeah, we could do all this sneaky, surreptitious shit. Uh, but you know what? We got this area contained. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> let's just fucking back up and drop a bomb on this fucking guy, right? <laughs> Seemed like a sound idea. So that's what we did. So you took a we, cartoon we, cartoon strategy. Yeah. yeah we literally like <laughs> we literally backed off um and we uh called in uh we 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 had our JTAC call for fire um and fucking boom bomb target fuck, bill I mean just a massive explosion. I remember it was just a big fucking explosion. Um and, and then I was how like, "How much did that bomb cost?" <laughs> <laughs> a lot. Didn't <laughs> no, cost. Didn't poor. cost more it than American life. life. Yeah, right? yep, absolutely. I'm exactly. You. I'm with you. Um, so anyway, I remember going. <laughs> we go. We were going in to do at this point what was just going to be a battle damage assessment. Um, basically, just go back and uh, try to recover any part of DNA from this guy that we could which we would do we oh, would collect it's so DNA it's funny to me but it's just so yeah. overkill it's amazing we would collect DNA yeah. from these fucking people uh, and that's a whole other thing but uh, I remember going up to this guy okay and he, he was laying face down and I went to it was almost like it was out of a movie I went to roll him over um, and he let out this groan which, after I thought about it later, it was it was the 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 um the weight the, from his the lungs it was the last uh, sure. bits of oxygen like a coming death out. rattle basically right. yeah and you inhaled it and scared got high the for weeks scared the fucking shit out of me yeah. and I grabbed my knife and I fucking <laughs> stabbed this guy uh, and uh, just fucking scared the sh- I mean it didn't scare the shit out. it just caught me way off guard it scared the shit just, out of you yeah, he just had normal, a fucking yeah. He just had a fucking bomb <laughs> drop. There's no reason you should be making any right. noise. No, actually, I was yeah. surprised he was still in one piece. You just met the frankly. Afghani Terminator for all the Yeah, exactly. So, uh, of, oh so, so yeah, I, yeah, and I fucking stabbed this guy. Um, <laughs> and then I just remember being very impressed at, uh, at he just looked like a bad motherfucker. Yeah. You know, he had, I remember I rolled him over and it was perfect. I mean, it's. He had his AK-47s like this. He still had a shitload of grenades all over him. This fucking big gnarly beard, you know, and this really kind of evil, pissed-off look. Like, yeah. It was the epitome of what everybody thinks a terrorist should fucking Absolutely, look like. Absolutely, right. This fucking guy, you know. He was, was he screaming at you, too, as he was shooting? The, you, know? Uh, you know, I don't... It was really loud. I don't remember <laughs> it all. But, uh, yeah, dude, he... He, uh... He went out. Yeah. You know, he went out like... I mean, literally... He fuck cost the taxpayer probably fucking five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So in a way he won. In a way yeah, he did economically, win. Yeah. yeah. Never paid taxes a day in his <laughs> exactly. life. Son of a bitch. I'm still paying for that yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> you are. What what um so I so the reason I ask about that part of it is we had uh an undercover narcotics cop who actually was a yeah, bomb squad military heard guy. About this guy, yeah. And, and he was like a explosive ordnance disposal. Yeah, 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 guy, yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah, stuff like that. And he, um, you know, it was funny. He just talked a lot about how, like, how many people scream in the moment of, you know, not just the drug people, just people you're arresting, fighting, whatever. That they, the people who aren't trained. Yeah, fucking scream as they're fighting you, and I just think it'd be so weird to be in control and a professional and having people, ah! <laughs> whatever, going to shit. <laughs> yeah, it's such no, a people, movie thing. Oh uh, yeah, so people do. Uh, so sometimes um, we would go on these targets like at night, like I'm saying, and uh, we instead of fucking blowing the door off the hinges, 
Um, here's the thing people should always do sometimes. <laughs> this is a common mistake guys like me have made who like to blow things up. Sure. Sometimes we forget to check if the door is actually just open. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to lie. It happens. Um, but there have been times where um, we'll catch them. Uh, oftentimes it's really hot, uh, obviously, in the summers especially, in, uh, in Iraq. This was something that w- – and they would sleep on their rooftops mm-hmm. um, because it was the coolest point yeah. at night. Um, and so we would sneak up on ladders onto their rooftops really quietly and they would be sound asleep wow. and we would all kind of just pick one and stand over them with our fucking rifles pointed at their faces and uh i'm blown away that's <laughs> so fucking very, very awesome quietly. ninja shit yeah 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 um um and <laughs> uh wake them up you know and they would wake up Oh, I thought you were making okay, yeah, so like, no, 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 like, okay. no, 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 here's the thing, no, here's the thing, um, you can't, you can't, there's value added when you're able to catch somebody okay. and bring them back, um, we caught more bad guys than we killed, okay, um, for sure, um, and you need them because they'll lead you to the next guy or they'll, they're part of this. There was these things called targeting decks, and they look often like a pyramid. You know, uh, for example, you would have Bin Laden at the top. You know, yes. and then below him, you'd have Mullah Omar, which was like the boss of the, yeah. the fuck Taliban, right? We remember all these Messy guys. Hair. Zarqawi. Messy hair. Yeah. Right, AMZ was, was a big hair. one over in Iraq, yep. right? And then you just have all these down, and you know, you start with the guys. Yeah. You know. The field commanders that are at the bottom, and they'll well, tell the, you the decks of cards, right? right with them, right. which is brilliant. And they'll tell actually. you where the next. Yeah, that is. It was, I thought it that was, deck of card thing was utterly brilliant. It was so simple, so smart, so simple. And those were given out to all the fucking conventional army guys who were manning these checkpoints, and they yeah. would play fucking spades or, yeah. or or poker or whatever at the fucking checkpoints. Sometimes, you know. And they, you just get to be familiar with their face. That yeah. was the whole thing behind it for the guys that are just out there, you know. But, yeah, and they'd stop a car and pull, and they'd be like, hey, you're, you're the... You're the six of hearts, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, man, I know you. And uh, you know exactly how to rank them in your mind of importance because yeah. right. everybody knows how the right. cards work. Right, right. Can Those. you talk at all about – so, okay, I've seen celebrity – like, I met George Clooney in person when I was high on mushrooms and was cocaine. It, was he's a real ace of spades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. real smart. Yeah, yeah, he's the ace of spades. <laughs> and it's surreal. Like, it's weird to see yeah. someone who you've seen so much. It's yeah. very strange. Yeah. Did you ever have that when you're kind of studying, kinda like, learning? Kind of like – you're sort of a you're sort of a celebrity as far as terrorists go around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yes. Guys like that. I mean, yeah. Um, my God, you're shorter than I thought. You'd be. <laughs> yeah. No, or I thought you'd have bigger uh, suicide vest. Yeah, there is this guy, and I won't get into who his name. But what card was or what? Uh, yeah, card, card, card range. He was, was responsible. He? he was up there. He was sure. a face card. Okay, let's just put yeah. it that way. Um, and he was responsible. Uh. He 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 gained uh, quite some notoriety. Uh, he uh, was very brutal, and he was he was one of the guys that first started doing the beheadings and would do it himself. Um, wow! And uh, I'm gonna search for that all night on the internet. Uh, and there was there was uh, some some of those. I always like catching. And this is what I'll say. Uh, there was a there was another guy who was uh, a. Um, a bomb maker, um, 
and he was a known IED maker. Um, oh, it's just got to be like you, whatever, the almost most hatred. Guy. I fucking hated him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, every guy we went off, they were just shit birds. But uh, this guy in particular, um, he uh, he was crying. I remember he cried. He cried like a fucking I wanted bitch. to ask if anyone and was I, ever pathetic. Uh, and, yeah. yeah, it was really pathetic. Uh, it it disgusted me. That's uh yeah, yeah. I was more contempt uh, than yeah, ever. I had and that's it. I had contempt. And uh and uh man, contempt is really powerful. I you know, today in in uh in this country, we throw these words and phrases out there too much that people they tend to lose their meaning. Uh, but I had fucking utter contempt for this guy yeah. and contempt Hitler didn't hate the Jews he yeah. had contempt for the yeah. when you have They're contempt than... when you have contempt for something you don't even recognize its humanity yeah. and I had absolute contempt for this human being I didn't even I just was like what a piece of shit when you guys capture guys like that how hard is it to not I mean you gotta think like of all the Americans he's killed all the shit it's like yeah. how does you, you know, like, okay, I've been arrested by police for being an asshole. And then they go, right. hey, like they go, should yeah. we take this guy off the back? And they yeah. agree. And then they, you know, knock me up on the whole way out and right. beat the shit out. How do you guys not all just, <laughs> you know, whatever? Sometimes we're looking for a reason, I'll be honest. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's hard not to. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, uh, you're a professional first and foremost. Uh, we, we always viewed ourselves as quiet professionals uh, first and foremost. And uh, you have a duty. Uh, uh, to carry out your, carry out, you know, your mission. Um, and, uh, it's more, ultimately it's more valuable. You just got to remember that for it's, sure. it's more yeah, valuable for to bring sure them, against kill, but you bring just think, them back and get more yes. guys. You uh, can save more people in the long run. Yeah. I mean, and, and these, these bigger, badder guys, um, I remember this guy, uh, I remember uh, he tried to run. This was in Iraq, and he tried to run. And a, a lot of these uh, houses are connected. Um, the rooftop goes to the next mm. rooftop, and there's these walls that kind of separate. And uh, he bolted out of the top uh, a little cupola that always leads to the roof. Uh, and uh, and we have our ISR platform overhead, and I'm, I'm working my way from the bottom clearing up. Um, and I get a call over the fires net from the ISR platform, like, hey, you got a, uh, a guy fleeing your target building. And I said, okay. And I get out onto the roof, and they said, he's a few roofs down. He's hiding behind this uh, um, other, basically, cupola on a, a few it's roofs crazy down. crazy, the So I call for the handler, the dog handler, to come up. Um, and uh, uh, I put the dog on him. I send the dog out after this guy. Uh, I didn't know if he had maybe put a suicide vest on or if he had a rifle at this point. I wasn't, and he knew we were there. Basically, the tactics that were going on at the time dictated that, hey, let's use the dog for this. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you, those dogs, uh, you know, one of the reasons I'm standing here is because the dog took a bullet for me. Uh, wow. But, um, yeah, we love him. Uh, but anyway, not in this case. Um, that dog went... Um, and he was on the on the guy, uh, and the ISR platform, you know, uh, confirmed that the dog had ran around that, and he was chewing on, on the him. guy. Yeah. And I decided to take my time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fuck it. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, I get up to this guy, um, and uh, and uh, the dog's the it's a Belgian Malinois, 
has got this guy's, you know, this leg, his leg is all cut up, and he's fucking, mister, mister, they fucking say right. that word. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, the, the handler came up and um, um, gave the dog a command to release, and the dog released. And I stood the guy up, um, and I used to wear these uh, these gloves. They had hard knuckles on them. They were Oakleys, and they had these hard uh, carbon fiber knuckles. Yeah? Uh, yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, by the way, there's sort of these, these uh, well, I'll get into that in a second. So anyway, the handler uh, pulls the dog off. I stand the guy up, and he kind of did like this fucking thing. Sure. And I just. Kind of hit him. Away I just from you a little fucking bit. hit him right yeah. in the fucking head, and I, I just, for whatever reason, I just said he's resisting, and I fucking hit him <laughs> like I'm a fucking cop. Right, right exactly. <laughs> Stop <laughs> resisting. Yeah, and Stop I resisting. fucking smack him in the face, uh, and he goes down, and the handler does what's called a guided bite, where he's got the dog by the collar, and he puts the dog exactly on the location he wants them to bite. What was that which location? Usually the tender part of the thighs. Oh, goes really? Yeah, up yeah. there in the back. That's gonna oh. it's, uh, it's not a good... It's it. I've heard it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> By his screams? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, anyway, let me fucking get this guy up. And uh, this guy was a uh, uh, smuggler. He would smuggle in chemicals that were used in IEDs in Iraq at the time. Uh, chlorine gas was a big thing. Oh. They were mixing their their IEDs with chlorine, uh, which would create a chlorine gas. Um, and I don't know if you've heard anything about it's fucking. I watched this awful right? video. It's awful. It's the worst yeah. videos. Yeah. 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 Chlorine gas, and they put it in their IDs, and and uh, if it didn't, if the if the if the explosion didn't kill you, if you breathe too much of this shit in, it would kill you. And it's very. I didn't know they put those in there. Oh yeah. IDs. Oh yeah. And these guy, this guy was responsible for smuggling it in, um, into Iraq, um, through different networks. Um, Ultimately, I won't say what yeah, yeah. what country it was coming from. Um, <clears throat> let's just say that the Iran, the, but yeah, no, okay, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't where I expected. Okay, um, oh wow, yeah, uh, and and uh, yeah. Anyway, we'll leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. So, so I get the dog. We get the, by this time. I got the guy stood up. I got him flex cuffed. We had those zip ties, you know, zip, um, and um, you know, sometimes depending on how much of an asshole you were. Um, I think like with cops, depending on how much of an asshole you are, <laughs> yes, is sure. kind of how tight they're going to put yeah. the cuffs on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this guy was an asshole. So uh, I put the cuffs on him. I bring him down, and I'm talking to – we used to bring out battlefield interrogators with us from different organizations. Um, and I, I said, you know, I think this is one of the guys we're looking for. And he said, yeah. And he said, I, I kind of heard the situation unfold. You're already in this guy's head. Here's a list of questions. Here's an extra interpreter. You take him and you go talk to him and ask him and, and, and do the do the interrogation. And this wasn't an uncommon thing. This is all part of kind of being trained in the guy to your left and right okay. job, you know. Um, so I was get I was talking to this guy and he started just you know it was actually really easy. He was scared and and I looked as I was interrogating him. I had him in a little closet. Uh, and I had uh, uh, surefire light right on his right on his face, and he. Had, That's so a I, real thing. You do light people's faces like oh that. Oh yeah. Oh why? yeah. Why? They can't see my face. Okay, that's they why. They can't see That's my face, reason. and I'm I'm right in there, right in their eyes, and okay. uh, you know, um, um, it's fucking 
annoying. It fucks with you. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, there's yeah. all sorts of t- reasons for it. Uh, uh, and also, um, there's other techniques you can use, like uh, putting yourself in between that person and the door. Mm-hmm. It makes them feel like you're Trapped. there, you're yeah. but also that you're my way out of this room. And if oh. I tell you what you want uh, to hear or what what you what you whatever, um, I get to leave. Basically, I you know I ask them a few simple questions. I let them know that I knew already the answers to these questions, um, which we did. Uh, and and he started telling me everything, and I said all right, and uh, we hooded him um, and loaded him up and we took him back uh, and we get him back into our uh, camp uh, and usually we had we always had our own camp within the camp um, so there were these big I'm sure you've heard of these big yeah. air, air bases and fobs and things like that and we always had our own little section inside right. that was you the know, cool kids the cool kids yeah, there yeah, you go absolutely. that's a good way to put it the bearded cool guys is yep. what they used to call us. Uh, Not wearing uniforms <coughs> or whatever. Yeah. Local clothes. No patches, all that stuff. Yeah. So anyway, um, uh, we had our own little detention center um, where we would hand them over um, to other government agencies, and they would basically take it from there. Um, but they would always get their medical care. Um, you know, whatever. Well, this guy needed fucking stitches, and I hadn't given anybody stitches in a while. So I said, "Hey, do you mind if I give this dude stitches? I'm the guy who fucking." I feel bad. You broke it, you buy. Yeah, I feel terrible. Right. So they pull his hood off, and much to his dismay, there I am uh, (laughs) with a fucking suture kit, uh, and I'm just like, "Hey, you remember me?" Uh, And uh, start doing stitch the sutures and. I get them all stitched up, um, and he goes off into the back, and they run them through whatever they run them through back there. Um, I never, I don't know. Didn't follow. Right, right. Didn't wasn't my wasn't my business, frankly. Uh, as far as I was concerned, more more interrogation type stuff. Right, like deeper interrogation. Right, with okay. with um, you know your serious interrogators the from uh, CIA type guys or whatever, whatever, wherever. Yeah. Um, and so, anyway, um, I, I went and inquired a couple of days later. I said, whatever happened to that that uh, dude? Um, and uh, they said, well, he gave us a lot of good intel. You know, you, you'll be hearing about it in the intel briefs, you know, here in a few days. We're compiling a lot of it together. Um, but he wasn't a big enough fish to send send off, uh, so we turned him over to the uh, Iraqi military, and they, they hung him. Uh, and I was like, you know, I bet before the fucking bottom dropped out from underneath that guy, you know, I just, I just, there was a small part of me that would like to believe the last thing he thought about was my fucking face with that suture kit. Like, Hey, you remember me, you know, like, uh, yeah, you were the gatekeeper. Well, he probably end. thought you were working the gallows. Yeah. As far as he uh, knows, you've done every other I, job you know, in the whole, like Bugs Bunny playing baseball. I, I wish, I wish I could have been, I wish I could have been, that would have been great. What does it feel like to get stabbed? I got slashed. So yeah, so um um I um was coming in through a door um and this guy I had my arm up like this and this guy came at me. He had his arm up like he was holding a rifle. No, I I was, yeah. Oh right, right. And uh he came in and he had the he already had the knife and it was coming down um and he caught me right here. Mm. 
right right oh, across yeah. behind the wrist. You say that right there. And that's yeah. a it's yeah. like he's wearing a wristband. Yeah. 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 And he but, caught me right there. Um and I and I fucking kicked him right in the chest. Sorry, I didn't hope I didn't kick anything. <laughs> important other. And I booted him right in the chest. Um and then I fucking shot him right in the chest. Uh it just caught me really off guard. Um I just kind of did like one of these and you know kick and was it one of those things that that like you don't even feel the pain until you get back and it slows down i remember looking at it and it you know as any deep cut goes there was no blood and you could see the fat and then all of a sudden it just started coming out you know and you just kind of the threat was gone you know and i just sort of clamped down like that and kept on with did you ever have any whatever emotional outbursts during war like or even during war i think of like are there ever moments where you looked at your um whatever your mates and whatever where you'd like laugh or you know like where you have moments within this insanity um yeah um you know i um one of the hardest moments I had, and I know you're looking for a funny moment. No, 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 um, whatever, anything. Um, you come back, and we had a, what's called a ready room uh, where we would keep all our kit, our rifles, all our stuff, and you know we would get the we would get the call that hey, there's whatever we got a we had a guy pop up. We we're going, we'd plan our stuff, and we'd go to the ready room, and we'd start to kit up. Um, and we'd get our kit on, and we'd go out to the helicopters or onto the vehicles or, you know, whatever, however me- method of infill we were doing that day. And uh, and then somebody would get killed on that mission, and you'd come back, and you'd take all your kit off, and his little cubby would be empty. Oof. Um, you know, and you'd just stare at it. Yeah. Yeah. And you and that's, for me, that was always when uh, it, it hit home. You know, yeah. Like, yeah, fuck, he's not coming back. You know, he's gone. Uh, but still, you know, that next night you're out on another raid, you know, and you just don't have time to process it. Um, there were times where, yeah, sometimes shit sucks so bad. I especially yeah. remember, like, going through some of the training and stuff. Uh, those were the moments where, like, you know, he hadn't eaten in a couple of days. He hadn't really slept, you know, at all. Um, and uh, you just would laugh. Because it, it sucks so bad, you know, yeah. or it hurts so much, of you know, you just laugh. Because what else was there to do? Uh, even to this day, there were times where, uh, you know, I, I remember uh, I did something really stupid uh, here in Minnesota. I rode my Harley um, around uh, f- in February uh, from from uh, uh, North Dakota into Bemidji. Sounds wonderful. Uh, yeah, into North Dakota, into northern Minnesota. Um, and um, as I was going through there, like it, the sun was starting to go down and uh, starting to get really cold. And uh, there were guys like on the – I remember seeing these guys on the uh, lake on their fish houses looking at me like I was fucking oh, yeah. crazy. <laughs> and I was fucking frozen um, through. And uh, – I was just laughing because it was so cold, uh, and it reminded me of this time. There's I, whenever I'm cold or anything like that, I always think back to this time early on in Afghanistan, and uh, we were walking around, uh, l- looking, uh, looking um, up and down these valleys where we thought Bin Laden was, 
you know, and uh, at the time, you know, remember the caves? Yeah. He was mm-hmm. in a cave yeah, somewhere yeah. fucking yeah. jacking off and, right. and you know, eating, you know, whatever, smoking opium. Yeah. But he was shacked up in that sweet compound in Pakistan. With this like fucking even like then he was right away. They prob- think, I mean, yeah. who knows? Right, he was I, there I for like know. a year, year and a half. I think. They uh, said, oh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah. Who knows? Um, but anyway, yeah, we th- we were still on the whole cave thing, and so. It, but it was like <laughs> I was in this one valley that was so steep. Um, the mountain ranges on either side were so steep that it only actually got like four hours of direct sunlight a day. Uh, before the sun would crest one mountain and then go over another, and it was just fucking cold, cold, wow. cold. Yeah. And uh, we were doing these old school, just like uh, patrol base operations almost, you know, where we'd walk out, um, a little team of us, and, you know, um, we'd, we'd search these fucking caves and, and try to move around without being seen, you know, as best we could. Um, and uh, I forgot, you put your, when you go to sleep, you know, um, you always want to, like, I would always take my boot. You always take your boots and your socks off. Otherwise, you get the fucking, you know, the, the trench foot, the gang okay, and all sure. that stuff. And you put your boots in your bivy sack with you, and you do that because uh, it keeps your boots warm, okay. you know. I'd forgotten to put my boots in my bivy sack with me. Um, and when I woke up, my my boots, they had sweat in them. And my oh. boots, the sweat in my feet had frozen my boots into this fucking oh. shape. And I couldn't get them on, you know. It took me about 45 minutes trying to warm these fucking boots up, you know, before they would actually get onto my feet. <laughs> and then they like were the still. Amateur they, yeah, I did. I really did, like, yeah. I got to wait to get my boots on. Dumb shit like that happens. you guys happens. wait? You know what? Dumb shit like that happens to the best of us. And no, they right. couldn't fucking wait. And I finally <laughs> got my fucking boots on, and they were still half frozen. And, uh. What do you do? You know, right. you just grin and bear it, and you fucking you get you get your blisters, and you learn your fucking lesson. Yeah, you go on with your you go on with your day. I'd complain too, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. What does it feel like to get shot? Um, you know, I actually felt really relieved because it grazed <laughs> off the side <laughs> of my t- fucking helmet. Wow. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so. Um, while I never had a bullet directly enter my body, I felt really uh, relieved that it, it uh, basically hit off the side of my helmet. And How did that go down? Uh, we were in another ambush. This was a separate ambush uh, from the one I described earlier. Um, and uh, some fucking, uh, they uh, started off, they had a row of IEDs that they detonated like boom, 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 uh, right after each other. Uh, it was a really well-orchestrated ambush. I mean, it was almost like out of our playbook. Right. Um, and uh, you never start off the kind of what they teach you when you're going through all the training. You never start off an ambush with a, with like a, um, a, a guy shooting or something like that. Um, you always start it off, you try to start off with just like that violence of action. Uh, so like claymores, right, these overwhelming explosions, boom, to, to get as many as you can. And then there's this state of confusion and Shock panic and you create. Yeah. Yeah. And then you follow that up with like a, a machine gun volleys and all this stuff, right? They basically did the same thing. They had a row of IEDs uh, and a volley of RPGs. Um, and then machine guns opened up. Um, uh, what they didn't realize is uh that we're fucking badass and yeah. uh yeah <laughs> and uh when you start off like that uh 
there's a general uh, tactic that the, the military uses, and, and that's sort of just like hit the gas and get out of the kill zone. Uh, we couldn't because uh, um, the first vehicle took some damage, and it was a really narrow area, uh-huh. to say the least, and there was these steep hills on either side. So at that point, you got really no choice but to push through. Uh, and when uh, you set off a bunch of fucking IEDs and uh, and uh, and all that stuff, um, what they're used to, I guess, is you know people, whatever. We didn't have a choice. So w- when you do that, and then the people that you do that to start fucking running towards you, yes, they get really fucking. <laughs> it can scare some people. Yeah, and uh, so so that's that was the option we had at the time, and that's what we did. Um, and uh, I was actually on a Top Gun of a vehicle. I was on a 50 cal. Um, so I just started laying down a base of fire. So the element that was maneuvering could maneuver through that ambush. Um, um, and uh, that's what they did. Um, and we basically turned the tide right on them. Um, the goal in any firefight is to get fire superiority, uh, which they had initially off the bat, right? We, we yeah. didn't know, but we immediately went into, it was basically at that point, it was one of the, uh, one of the initial battle drills you're taught right away from those very early moments, like I said, which is it's kind of a react to contact or react to an ambush, uh, which is what we did. Um, yeah. And we gained fire superiority right off the bat, uh, and which turned the tide of that specific firefight. And we basically outmaneuvered them, um, and uh, they lost. To me, the biggest fear of any war thing, if I was a soldier, is... You know, you see in movies bomb shrapnel shit where yeah. you're ripped, you got or like both your legs are off already, and you're just waiting. To, they do that shaking, <laughs> I'm oh. cold kind of thing. Yeah, and it's like, oh, that's a real thing. Have, People get right. cold, yeah, because and it, they're, yeah. And, and it's like, right? do you have a yeah. contingency amongst the guys where you just go, like, look, dude, if, if I'm going through that, fucking ghost me or or whatever, where you just don't, I don't want to suffer. Like suffering in a major way to end that way. I guess I'm feeling a huge pussy here exposing this as you stare me down. But suffering in a huge, prolonged way would be one of my biggest fears. Getting shot in the head and killed, whatever. We will, we, we, I think generally we will do whatever it takes um, to, to, to stabilize. To, to save it, someone, to la- essentially. To save you. Yeah. I don't, I don't th- you know, I would hope you know, I get what you're saying. Yeah, like, oh, I'm horribly fucking disfigured and all that, or, or in yeah. that pain. Well, you know, they do a pretty good job at pain management, too. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there was these things they had. They were called fentanyl lollipops. Which is what I was going to oh, ask wow. you about. Fuck, yeah. Um, funny story, actually. They have that for the field? Oh, yeah. So, sh- yeah, so I knew this uh, 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 <laughs> guy I served with, he got shot. Um <laughs> Sounds like time for a lollipop. Got shot in yeah. the ass, literally in the ass. Um, and uh, and uh, he 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 was actually in charge of our element that I was uh, in that night, and I was the next senior guy, so I basically took over uh, that portion of of the of the the strike force. And uh, um, he. Uh, he got shot in the ass, and they're fucking putting a, the medic is over there putting a pressure dressing or something, stopping the bleeding. Uh, and uh, and anyway, he's like, "Here you go," and he gets a fentanyl lollipop, and we call on the fucking birds to medevac him, and and uh, <clears throat> we forgot to um, 
what we like to do, well, it depends on the situation, but if you, it, it, we weren't in direct eminent danger anymore, it was just kind of some random guy popped up, boom, shot him in the ass, and then like 20 other guys shot at him and fucking, you know, yeah. threat eliminated. It wasn't that big of a deal, and I think it was the only contact we made that night. But we like to get their sensitive equipment from them because they are getting medevac to somewhere, and we don't always have a say in it. And we like to get, the, and the reason why is we have the radios that are filled with sensitive comsec um, that whatever you the frequency or whatever you're and talking. whatever fill there, yeah. Okay. And there's a way to keep it secure, um, and they're going to some military hospital, Be a German ho- or whatever. Well, who fucking knows? And right. we don't need any of that. And plus, it's our shit. Yeah. And some, but if you don't, you know, it's a big deal. If you lose some of that stuff, somebody's head's going to roll, you know. I mean, um, so we like to try to collect it up from him. Um, well, we forgot to grab one of his uh, one of his radios. Uh, and uh, he was still hooked up to the net, and he was high as a fucking kite on fentanyl on the helicopter as they were flying away. And meanwhile, I'm still doing, you know, I'm still on my way to the Target building to go do our thing, you know. <laughs> And he's like, hey, thank you, guys. You know, he's on the, he's queuing in on the radio. He's like, thanks, guys. I, fucking, I hope you guys, I'll see you guys when you get back. And don't worry about me. And, God, I really love you. I mean, all the shit high <laughs> people fucking say. And I finally got on the radio. I was like, hey, get the fuck off the radio. I'm trying to talk to other out. Al- just shut the, f- I got it. I love you too, man. Right. <laughs> it's like trying to talk your drunk buddy into Absolutely. the car at yeah. the end of the night. Yeah. Rationalizing yeah, Except him. in like combat, you know, and yeah. he's on a Blackhawk fucking flying except away. Except you're the sober one. Yeah. 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 I love you too, man. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And for our exactly. listeners, fentanyl, 50 times more powerful than heroin. So to, to get an idea yeah. of how, uh, yeah, that's high. And the army made it in a flavored lollipop. And I was going to say, who did control those lollipops, and what's his name? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would often ask myself the same question sometimes. No, our medics all all had them. And um, kudos to them for, uh, for uh, you know, not... Uh, not breaking into the supply. I guess. Yeah, Absolutely. man. I don't know. That must have taken a lot of self-discipline. And that's something uh, we talked about for a tiny bit before the podcast. Um, you know, drugs in the military there that, that even, because I think everyone's perspective is generally that the parting is not going on over there in general, at least mm. to lay people, right? Like, I don't think of them drinking yeah, and drugging you know, like, like Vietnam. My, uh, a buddy of mine mm. was in Vietnam, and he talked about they would have OJs, and they would just dip all their cigarettes in, like, liquid opium. And he's like, yeah, we just smoke these opium cigarettes right. all the time. Now, that's right. a war. Right. That's a hell of a <laughs> that's war. That's a right? hell of a war, right? Um, well, I think, obviously, drug use was rampant in Vietnam. I mean, yeah. there was a serious problem. And, they, right. you know, there was a very serious problem. Um. I, I definitely don't think there was that that going on. As a matter of fact, anybody I never knew anybody that was like doing heroin. Right. I, just, okay, with the poppy fields and all right. that, I was yeah. there. Right, no, right, right. You know, uh, no, I can't. I can't say that within you know uh, whatever. But what I do know uh, is uh, there there uh, you know there was some legitimately prescribed prescription pain pills and all that stuff that were going on um you know i know that's when i when i uh really got hurt and had to have some surgeries and stuff that's how i i got started and i will definitely say um 
that I was not taking some of my prescription pain medication as prescribed. Um, yeah. You know, no, especially absolutely. when I was home, you know, home yeah. station. Yeah. That happens to guys who hurt their back on a construction job. Yeah. I mean, it's so easy to happen. It can happen yeah. to anybody. Over I mean, there. I um, out and I ate them all in two days. It's, over, yeah. Over there, um, I would take um, a lot. I would take a, a, a Flexerol's. Uh, uh-huh. When I would got when I would get back from some of these missions, some muscle relaxers, and part of that was just, you know, you fucking, you just, you got this kit, you're walking around, you know, whatever. But then uh, there was definitely a sedating sort of calming, you know, you're all wound Absolutely. up, tight as a fucking yeah. drum, you know, and you you pop a couple flexorols and you you just relax, yeah, for sure. Um, there is definitely a, a a culture of um, you know, and I don't think people realize it. I know there was a uh, three-star general, actually, that spoke about it. He was in SOCOM, Special Operations Command, and, and he spoke about it, how he was a, uh opioid, uh, you know, yeah, prescription. Abuser, yeah, Yeah, and I, I, I would say definitely by all medical definitions, there was a point in time where I was and a lot of people I knew probably were, especially in home station, you know, after yeah. these surgeries, you know, you you take a couple of Percocets and you wash them down with some PBR or some whiskey and you yeah. fucking, woohoo, well, you know? I just saw a stat, this, uh, they just said 4.5% of every human being in Tennessee is addicted to opioids. Four, That's not 4.5% right. of the total Tennessee population. Right. These This is not people in combat. Right. Yeah. So what are the chances... If, I, if that's I, daily life over here, yeah. what's it going to be like of, when yeah. you yeah. double it up yeah. like that or triple it? Yeah. Well, like and that. that's the other thing, too. Um, um, you know, there's um, – um, and it's not just – it's it's just the military in general. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of people uh, – you know, the drinking thing that people talk about mm-hmm. in the military. Yeah. That's not a myth. You know, there okay. is a huge... Yeah. <laughs> if you weren't an alcoholic when you joined the military, you definitely are when you <laughs> when you yeah. get out. And I'm not saying everybody, you yeah, know, but... but in a sense, how do you... But in a sense, if yeah. You're, you know, if you're at all for inclined. Me, for me, uh, there's a... There's this... Um, I guess when I would come home from each deployment, um, I felt... It was really hard, especially towards the end, to start making that transition back to being home um, yeah. and uh, being back in the world. Um, and uh, to cope with that at first, I can only speak for me personally. I won't speak for anybody else or, or whatever. Um, but I'll say for me to cope with that, those experiences, I drank more and more and more between each um, deployment uh, and, and, um, that was a way for me to kind of cope with some of those, uh, sort of not my addiction was war. I I don't ever want to sit here and say, Oh, I was addicted to, um, alcohol or Percocets or any of that other stuff. Cause when I was over there, I didn't get the shakes. I didn't miss it. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, I, I, I wasn't, I didn't like, oh man, I really, I was actually where I felt like I should be, um, where I felt comfortable in a way because I'd become so accustomed to that sort of that, uh, 
that um, feeling of, of being in combat, you know, and that when I came home um, and I wasn't able to shoot people in the face anymore, uh. I couldn't solve my problems. And <laughs> to keep people from shooting people in the face or, or just kind of generally being reckless, uh, I think reckless behavior is a huge part of it too. I don't want to say I wasn't, yeah. didn't do anything, you know. Um, a lot of that, you know, there was a lot of uh, alcohol and, and uh you know what I often refer to as some of the best times I'll never remember. Yeah. <laughs> you know, which is one reason why I don't. I don't even. Uh, you know. Right. We drink. offered him a beer here. He didn't yeah. take it. Yeah. No, I just don't. I. I just, especially when I'm talking about war stories yeah. and shit like that. I know that road, what it can do. Yeah. Know, and yeah. So. And then, so, you know, I asked. Uh, this is hard because sometimes I'm so crass on the podcast. That it's hard to ask a real question. Yeah. Just but um, go ahead. Um. I asked you about how many people you've killed, and and now I actually am curious for a ballpark, just because thinking of what you're coming home with and what you've seen and endured yeah. is incredibly profound. To where you go, I mean, how do you de- how do you begin to deal with that? How can the military even begin to address PTSD and all these people they're sending home, and you know, let alone just you? Yeah. So. I have some thoughts on this, actually. Uh, I'm glad you asked. Um, for me, I went through this whole... Uh, it wasn't a good... Um, it wasn't a good transition for me. I'll just yeah. put it that way. Um, I uh, drank way too much myself, personally. Um, and I uh, was looking to kind of refill fill some of that... Um, Find that camaraderie again, and and with me too. I was uh, I got a full honorable discharge, like I said, but I was medically separated from the military. I didn't choose to leave the game. The game left me. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that yeah. was really a hard fucking pill to swallow uh, for me. Um, and um, I uh, just wasn't uh, living right, and yeah. I, I basically got I I got the ultimatum from my wife, yeah. who was basically like, um, hey. Um, unfuck yourself, <laughs> you know. Uh, and and by this time, I was uh, I I transitioned from uh, using prescription pain pills because the army right, had, cuts uh, it off. They stopped mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Um. And uh, I started using some street drugs, mm-hmm. and I started running around with the wrong crowd. Um. And uh. And um. You know. Um. My wife was like, you know what? Uh. You know, yeah, we're, we're, I've had yeah. this, yeah, okay. yeah. You know this conversation. Oh yeah, yes, I do. <laughs> right, um, and I had uh, enough sobriety or enough clarity mm-hmm. in that moment to um, check myself into an inpatient program um, and uh, and uh, come back from that. And now I spend uh, the majority of my time. Um, doing just that i use my story and my experiences uh in combat um to um and and my struggle after i got out that black and white world i talked about uh and and uh not having kind of the right tools i use my story to uh help other veterans who are going especially guys a few people i even actually served with come out of the same uh thing uh yeah. it's it's a lot it's a lot uh it's it's not 
as uncommon as it should be. I, I, so here's my thoughts on how to fix it. Um, whatever the military puts into you on the front end, um, um, you they owe you on the back end. Yeah. That's, so this is my this is kind of like me thinking about it. With right. Afghanistan so school, if they yeah. so what the military will say and what part of what that basic training is or boot camp or whatever you call it, they break you down and they build you back up the way they want you. Right. Uh-huh. Um, well, um, they rebuild you into that sort of that that um, military sort of thinking that catastrophic thinking and there's a reason they do it uh like i was kind of talking to you about earlier um if i can't trust you to um make your bed right or get a fresh haircut every monday morning how can i trust you to load fire and correct a malfunction with an m4 rifle in the middle of a combat situation when my life depends on it and that catastrophic thinking that black and white thinking sort of um is a good thing in the military Uh but you know when you get out it's not good yeah. at all. You know, you, you know, you go to work in a fucking office building, say, right. and Gary you're like, bitched about fucking stupid. Right. Gary, if I can't trust you to make <laughs> fucking five copies, <laughs> you know, it's how can I Gary. fucking, yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I we mean? We got to frag this guy. Right. Exactly. And it just doesn't compute. Hey, guys, compute. I have a plan to kill Jerry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it just doesn't compute, right. you know what I mean? Um, so I think bomb. that, th- I think, um, so right now what they do, uh, or what I think they do or what they say they do is they, they basically give you a week. You show up uh, and this, you know, and they teach you how to write a resume uh, or they say they teach you how to write a resume and they fucking do this and they do that and then they you, they send you on your way. Well, that's bullshit. Yeah. Um, At least you made a lot of money, right? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> oh, yeah, in the military? Yeah, no. You know, so do you make more than than a you know what I mean for doing that level stuff? Yeah, uh, I would get uh, hazardous duty pay. I'd get demo pay. I get other pay for different uh, schools, like you know, different things like that. Plus, when I was overseas, I would get tax free. Uh, it was all tax free. So, you so know. a big God year. Better well be like. <laughs> and then one year, I, one year, my 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 skill set was in really high demand. Mm-hmm. Uh, they wanted uh, reenlistment bonuses, um, and uh, for me, uh, it was a sixty thousand dollar reenlistment bonus, tax free lump sum, because I was wow. overseas. However, this is a part of the story I didn't tell you guys. I got a fucking pretty cool ex-wife. Uh, <laughs> so uh, she got a thirty thousand dollar reenlistment. She got bonus. she got some she got some pretty sweet deals out of the out of the deal. So I'd like to say I have something to show for it, but you know, I got a few things, but you know. She's got she's got a new pair of tits. So, <laughs> can I see them? Are they are they one of the props you brought? <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I said. So, God, this better re- remain anonymous, otherwise okay. my fucking family, my family law attorney is gonna have a field day with this. So, uh, this is outside of all. Uh, maybe it's related to the military in in an effort to prove that I had no really good problem solving capabilities. So we were in we were in mediation, right? And uh, me and my ex wife have a couple of kids together, and she was like, "I don't want you to fucking see him. You're a fucking lunatic." You know, once <laughs> once a week uh, or once once every other weekend, and I was like, "I want to see him every other or I want to have him every weekend, and then every other Wednesday." So I would have him like four days, three days. Uh, and we went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And then uh, we're in mediation, and I says, uh, 
and it was going, we were doing this for like an hour, and I said, and I get to squeeze your tits every other Sunday since I paid for the motherfuckers. <laughs> you could have heard a fucking pin drop in that room. And, uh, and, uh, needless to say, I probably paid my lawyer about 2000 extra dollars just to smooth that comment. Yeah. <laughs> 1000 um, for it, tip. But it was worth every fucking thing. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So, I yeah. missed an opportunity. I was going to ask. I wanted to ask this. Oh, so that's one of our Facebook questions that people have proposed. What do I well. think about okay. transgenders in the military? The, ban, the, the band, the the attempted band. Yeah. Um, I have no opinion, and I know that's a. I know that's a. Um, You've earned no opinion, man. <laughs> I, I know that's. Uh, you know that's sort of like one of those answers that nobody wants to hear, and it seems sort of like. Um, oh, he's just avoiding the question, or he's he's this, or he's that, or whatever. Um, look, I, I you know I've I've seen both sides of this debate. You know I I've, I've well, there's so many <laughs> trans people in the military. It must be uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, from what I hear, there's you know four thousand whatever. Uh, there's a, there's a there's a guy who was part of seal team six who's now openly yeah. uh you know talks talks about it you know and and i look at that that girl um formerly you know yeah man and member of seal team six or, or whatever i'm trying to use the right vernacular yeah. here, uh because this is a s something I, d I guess i don't know much about it doesn't make me uncomfortable to talk about you know i mean um, Minneapolis, St. Paul. I think one of the one of, something about our community. I think that's you know we're very accepting of all different types of cultures in this this area, and I think that's really cool. You know, I, I I'm all about you know um, whatever you want to do in the privacy of your own home or or as a person, as long as you're not infringing upon my rights or hurting anybody else. Yeah. Fucking do what you want. You know, um, it's a free country. I fought for it. Enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, but you know, um, I have I've, I've honestly really thought about this issue off and on, and uh, you know, um, I can see people who say it would affect troop readiness. I can see people who say, um, oh, you know, um, the person would get their operation to change into whatever sex, and then they they have this long recovery time, and they have this, and they have that. Yeah, and and you know, I've seen that carry out uh, with with uh, you know commanders trying to you know, okay, I got this guy who's hurt, and they got you know this guy got whatever, you know, or this gal is down for whatever, um, and what are we gonna do? How are we gonna fill this? void you know and then but i also see the other side like hey we got four thousand people i think is a yeah. number that are serving right now and I, I, I thought it'd be six total not six thousand yeah. six no i thought yeah. it'd be six people yeah. you know i had no yeah. idea that it was yeah that not really yeah. when i heard that number i was, I was blown like, away yeah me too um so you know what uh the jury's still out for me i honestly have no opinion right um i kind of one thing i learned uh is um you know um let 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 the situation unfold there's this thing called tactical patience you know sure and you sort of let the situation there are times where you just sort of let the situation develop and and see what's yeah you know because i think i think to say one way or the other right now in this debate what this just here's what i will say announcing national policy over twitter is fucking stupid <laughs> uh you know i think yeah. uh, i think that's you know 
feels safe um, to say, but yeah. I think uh, what's his name? Scaramucci just got fired today. Mm-hmm. Uh, he yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. He's the latest. He's the latest. Uh, Eleven person, days. A person wow. fired on the on the reality show called The White House. <laughs> well, uh, well, it's you know. Tough guys like that know what it's like, and no, <laughs> that's what, what I, I was talking about too. Yeah, you know, yeah. the, the mouths, yeah. the people who shoot their mouths off of that. Yeah, well, um, mm. I, you know, to me, just to put a bow on the on the the trans thing, I think the big thing is for anyone conservative or you know, just there's that mindset. There's a lot of not very tough guys who like to do tough guy talk and thinking, yeah. and I think everyone's very sensitive to anything that feels like special privileges Accommodation. or wussification. And people do not want that in the military. Oh, yeah. When the truth is, or I've, I've got friends. You know, I on, don't know what the truth is. I've got people I served with who are on that side of the debate, for yes. sure. I also have people I served with who are on the other side of the debate. Yeah. Um, Did you have any encounters with any, like, kids? Like, you hear about the child soldiers over in the Middle East. Yeah. Were there any Ugh. of those that you're willing to talk about? Um, boy, I. I uh, I remember one target in um pretty specifically uh where where there was um it was a female um she was actually really old um and uh she she I mean we were under night vision it was really dark she couldn't see us but I remember her um um having that rifle in her hand and she was just sort of like pointing it you know and she was about to pop a round off and you know we wound up shooting her and killing her and uh it's kind of like one of those things i mean uh and i remember this one time um boy i remember seeing uh a father cut his son's ear off and then hand him over to us uh, we watched him cut his ear off, and, what and, the and we didn't fuck? know he didn't know we could see him. We watched oh. him do it, and then he came up running, and uh, and uh, we took the kid from him, uh, and we brought him back into the the base to get him treated. And uh, when he was in the base, uh, inside our little area, he had a notebook and he was taking notes and he was drawing pictures of our compound. You know, and I was just like, holy shit, that's maniacal. You know, um, I remember. Um, you were going to go through the whole podcast without saying that. Yeah. Oh, man, I got a lot. I got a lot. I remember um, I remember clearing in a room, uh, and uh, it wasn't me, but I saw it happen. Um, and uh, we were entering this compound, and uh, we were clearing through these rooms. And these people often sleep on mats on the floor. Um, and there was a child that was stepped on by one of the guys and uh, crushed its chest oh. and was killed. Um, oh. uh, I've seen kids get blown up yeah. you know, that were just in the wrong place in the wrong time. Um, you know, that's, yeah. that's hard. I'm a father. That's you right. Know? I'm That's... a father. I got kids, and uh, yeah, it's hard. Did you have kids then? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I That's did. if there's one thing I have a 16 month old. I know my first one, and yeah. it's like, it makes you so soft. Yeah. It makes it now any child that you just associate it so easily, and I can't even imagine. I, I yeah. can't imagine. Yeah. You know, yeah. going through that. 
Yeah. And, and that's why I, it's it does blow me away that, you know, when I think of you, whatever, you making a first kill or whatever, that that you don't have a in the small hours of the night or when you get back to your cot that you don't just I don't know have some sort of meltdown just for even a, a like an hour or something um I always tell people you know uh you really got to steal yourself you know uh you know um you got to exist in an evil world amongst evil men and you can't do that um if you um don't sort of shut those emotions down you yeah know? um and that's the hard part when you when they finally turn back on again yeah you know like trying I said, to step out of it yeah um for me uh, you know um it, they, they just all kind of came on like a flood you know i yeah. had all these feelings you know and i couldn't even like say that word feelings yeah uh and, and i finally uh, went in and started talking to somebody, yeah. you know, about, you know, everything. And I got diagnosed with, uh, you know, post-traumatic stress. And uh, You know, I would think so. Yeah. <laughs> I and, would think you might have um, some of that. I did get a little bit of that for sure. Um, um, and it was, uh, boy, like I said, it came like a floodgate. And I guess what I, what, what I said earlier about the human condition, you know, I feel sort of blessed in a way that I got to experience the human condition at its most extremes, you know. Um, I think I've expelled, I've felt and experienced some things at a level that uh, most people, they go through their whole life to accumulate that sort of feelings of loss and feelings of elation, having lived through something, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, or having been through all these experiences at just, you know, by the time I was... Uh, uh, you know, 31, I want to say, when when it all ended, when I got out of the military, yeah. you know, and all that. But in my last combat experience, I think it was like 30 or 29, you know what I mean? And uh, I basically grew up, you know, yeah. and became an adult in the military and then, you know, um, spent some of the, you know, what people refer to as some of the, like, the best years of yeah. their life in combat. And they still were the best years of my life. I had, you know... Uh, great build great bonds of of brotherhood you know that will last me a lifetime yeah how does it change so um you know i'm kind of real like i mean hearing the father cutting the son's ear off thing is just so i it's against nature yeah it's against every cell in your body everything and yeah and you know essentially i'm one of those people who tends to i don't like the fear people you know, I don't like the whole yeah. like ah they're coming to get. I so I kind of tend to minimize. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I so I'm almost wondering when I hear that stuff. For you, you've you've sort of it's been confirmed the worst parts of the human condition, and you've seen yeah. it. Yeah. How does that affect how you live today? As a you know, you're you're here. Uh, you look like um, a successful insurance salesperson. Thanks. You're clean cut and all that <laughs> yeah, stuff. You it's buy like a car. Yeah, absolutely. You definitely look like the most respectable person From, in this not room. Not even close. <laughs> right. Easily. Yep. And 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 obviously you're a dad and all that stuff. It's, I mean, does that ever push its way into your life now? And you have to remind yourself that you're out of that theater. I don't know. Boy, I used to be uh, pretty dark. You know. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's it's weird. Um. I think now, um, 
I, well, okay. Let me back up. I my greatest fear as a father, you know, my I have a daughter now. She's almost a teenager, um, and uh, she's starting to ask me questions. And she was like, "Hey, you weren't around much, when, you know, like what was going on, and uh-huh. you know, and I know you were in the military and and all that, blah blah blah." Um, and uh, you know, I don't tell her. I don't like what we're talking about on this podcast. Yeah. I don't share all that shit with her. But you know. Um, I have, um, you know, done some public speaking and delivered some, you know, speeches. I delivered one on Memorial Day, and, and uh, you know, I was talking about some of the people I lost in combat. And uh, she, I remember she said, boy, that's a lot of people, you know. And my greatest fear as a father, she's kind of starting to take what sort of looks like an interest in, in the military a little bit. Okay. And I guess one of the one of the things I realized my greatest fear as a father is that my kids will be walking the same desert I walked uh, when they're 18, 19, 20 years old uh, because that situation still won't be figured out. And, fuck, it's been going on for thousands of years, so, you know, more than likely it won't be. But, you know, all that being said, all those experiences I lived through and all those things um, – <clears throat> that, like I said, over a time, they sort of became an addiction, and I was sort of dark yeah. uh, as a person because I had stopped feeling things for yeah. so long. Yeah. Um, and, and once I opened myself up, um, as weird as it sounds, um, I, I one thing I have now more than I've ever had at any point in my entire life is a deep sense of compassion for people um, and their struggle um, and people are suffering you know um i feel like there's a part of me that um did did um do so much um living by the sword yeah that uh i have now um to make up and balance the scale in some way um and um that's one thing I, i have optimism and i have compassion and I have hope um I really do yeah and you carried uh, your humanity through that somehow I got it back yeah um I got it back um and I had to work to get it back um and this it wasn't an easy road and it's always a battle um that's a good message you know what I mean I mean that's listen as an ex uh drug person all that stuff there is a negative momentum that you get in your life and it's amazing when you can finally do the tough thing to put the brakes on it. It, It's not as hard as you think, in a yeah, sense. Right. You know, to kind of start, and it's like, oh, why, why was I running for that long? Why yeah. was that, you know, that, that yeah. hard? And, and it's it's not easy at all. But, I yeah. mean, it's, yeah. So, I mean, I get that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything else? Just to put, let's put a fucking positive spin on it. Two final little things. I say, One. I mean, is there anything else in the bag that we want to show and tell or no? We should do that, but let me ask this because something I have come back to, something that I didn't quite get answered. Amount of kills greater than 50 or less? <laughs> I just can't help but ask. I don't want a complete number, but it's just a, it's so hard to tell, you know, approximately. You know, and that's that's the funny thing about it. It kind of is hard to tell. Yeah. Um, because if I shot a guy, chances were Someone that else. the number two man. Yeah. Or or the other guy was shooting a guy. Yeah. Like I said, um I feel like such an asshole. No. It's a it's a valid question. Um, I would say people that I have no shit been responsible for 
personally, I was the only one involved killing. Um, I'm so happy. <laughs> around 20, I saw, Holy or so, God. I would say. Yeah, so, for sure. So when um, you hear about Jeffrey Dahmer, you're kind of like, what a fucking bitch. Well, I didn't eat any of mine. <laughs> oh, okay, never yeah. mind. You're a pussy. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. No, I just had an ear necklace. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good with that. That's a good. Is that like '70s retro now in yeah. the military? Yeah, like, exactly. oh, it's a throwback thing. You know? oh, or it's oh. like the Vietnam thing. Everything old is new again. I see. You collect only left ears. <laughs> I collect only right ears. Well, I I think uh, I feel really. This has been so fun, and this is where. Uh, so I I feel like okay. I there's things people say to military people like. Thanks for your service. Yeah. Really appreciate all that shit. Yeah. And I got to say, for like sort of for the first time, honestly, thank you for your service. I think it's 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 incredible to hear how much when you hear the story up close and how much of your life you gave to it. It is it, it's really incredible and it's a touching cool cool thing. So I, I appreciate thank that. You. I uh usually say one or two things in response to it. I either have my funny response or sure. I say, "Are you kidding me?" Uh they paid me to jump out of airplanes and blow shit up for a fucking living. You guys are the suckers now. Right. <laughs> uh, the other thing I say, though, in all seriousness, is uh, my father came out of his country to escape communism um, and uh, give a better life for, for you know, it's kids he didn't have yet, you know, which yeah. was me. And um, if it wasn't for this country, uh, I, I wouldn't have all the opportunity that I had, and I have a family now that... We, you know, my life is pretty good. Yeah. Um, and we we are doing okay. Uh, and if it wasn't for this country, this this uh, shining city on a hill, my family wouldn't have all the uh, luxuries yeah. and the life and the freedoms that we enjoy today. So it was an absolute privilege to give something back to my country that gave my family everything we have. And I would do it all over again in a heartbeat. Yeah. So thank you. I know. I think it's amazing. All right, that was our episode. Thank you guys very, very much for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, what did I screw up this episode? How have I forgotten questions? What would you like to criticize about me? Hit us on Facebook and Twitter and let us know. We also will oftentimes post the guests that we're having that week coming up. And it's really fun because people will go on and ask questions and do part of my job for me. And we appreciate that. So uh, keep rating and sharing and subscribing. We appreciate everything. Thank you.